Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. We're coming at you on a Tuesday night for once, uh, a little bit of a change after a week off last week. Uh, we're joined by a full roster, so we're joined by uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing today? I'm not too bad, thank you Joe, how are you? I'm not too bad mate, I'm not too bad. I, I, normally at this point I would say we're nearly at the weekend. Uh, sadly that is not true. Oh. But hey ho. <laughs> We're also joined by Mr. David Grant, who's going to be uh, sniffling his way through the podcast today, I think. <laughs> evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Um, how, I'll, well, as Andy's asked you, I won't bother asking how you are. You can uh, sod off. Um, I hope everyone's all right. I hope everyone's good for a Tuesday. Um, one full shift to go before the vast majority of us head to Nottingham. So, yeah. All right. All right. There's no need to rub it in. <laughs> Just waiting for that one to be mentioned then. You're very welcome. I thought I'd breeze past it when I said we're not nearly at the weekend, but you know. <laughs> Never mind. Brilliant. And we're finally joined by the toothless legend, the toothless wonder, Mr. Gareth Thornton. How are we doing? I'm not too bad, Joe. How are you? I see, I'm glad that you still chose to ask me how I was, even though I'd already answered it, mate. I, do you know what? Dave didn't give me that courtesy. But, you know, you did, so that's all that really matters. I'm, I'm all right, mate. You've got to earn the courtesy. You've got to earn the courtesy. got my courtesy. Is that, is that courtesy or courtesy? Because they're very different things. Probably both. Oh. just depends what time of the week. Okay. All we need now is 10 people to share this episode, and we will get a gif of Greth doing a courtesy and address. Um, <laughs> Not happening. Followed by him mouthing the words, not. this is under duress. Um, this duress weekend... Is Duress in a dress. This weekend could happen. I'll let it go, Joe. <laughs> That's not me, unfortunately. That's uh, that. Anyway, um, a lot of hockey to talk about. Obviously, we didn't do a podcast last week. Um, we're actually coming in early this week because of because of the Olympic qualifiers. Um, so these lot are all off on the jollies on Thursday, leaving there's the hardworking ones of us to uh, to continue. Um, but over the last couple of weeks. All right, what's that face for? <laughs> I call three was like, what on earth are you on about? The hard workers are off uh, on the way to Nottingham. I'm still working. Yeah, we're working Thursday for a bit on Thursday. I'm working Friday and Monday. Are you working Friday and Monday? So how are you going to thingy? So go straight from uh, where we're at, station, and we're in our from Nottingham, so not too bad. It's all right, I'm off on Friday and Monday. Are you off on Friday and Monday, Graf? I am indeed. Good for you. Good for you. It's good for us, yes. Can I just say, actually, I feel considerably better about myself now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not he's going to the you world champion. Very welcome. Again, wrong podcast, but thanks, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the hockey. Um, so over the last couple of weeks, uh, zero point weekend for Sheffield just gone. We'll breeze over that one and not mention that one again. Um, Sheffield and Cardiff both progressed to the Challenge Cup final. More on that later as we discuss the uh, the controversies arising out of that one. Um, Cardiff and Belfast exchange one goal games. Um, so Cardiff lost the first game in Belfast 1-0 and then went to win the second one 1-0. Um, and Dundee, just to move it away from Cardiff, uh, Dundee beat Glasgow in a shootout over the weekend as well. So lots of hockey. Um, highlights across two weeks, gents. Mine is going to be Lemtigov's overtime winner in Coventry. Um, just an outstanding piece of skill, which was just a delight to watch. The video does it justice. 
which is rare. Sometimes it doesn't. This one does. It is just great. It goes through the the three man uh, team at the time, pulls the goalie out of position. Thank you very much. Two points uh, could be a crucial additional points for the Sheffield Steelers come the end of March. Yeah, I think mine's going to be the wonderful celebration from Sam Hare of punching his own teammates. Of all things, you, Joey, I think it was Joey Talbot that just scored. I mean, it was against you guys. But he's come over and he actually did a full fist, Dave. What's the two players? His own players. I think I'd be amazed if it was Joey Talbot yeah. that just scored. You mean Julian uh, Talbot? Julian Talbot. <laughs> Close enough. It's a, it's a same relation. Brilliant. Okay, um, yeah, mine, I could have gone with one of three things, but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with John McLaughlin's save against Fife. Not the weekend, just gone the weekend before, because, oh, thing of beauty as well, just absolutely uh, last last ditch attempt to try and save it, and he just let and got in the forward to stop it, and it was a great, great move by himself. It, it's great to see as well from a from British goalie. Uh, it, it, he's got his first few starts of the season following... Uh, Patrick Clean been rested for a few games with a little niggle, but uh, yeah, great save, uh, especially from a young Brit as well. So, great stuff. Yeah, mine um, it has to be said. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that most of our highlights are coming from this the, the week before last. I mean, looking at the plays of the week this week, it was certainly uh, lacking anything particularly spectacular. When you see three slap shot goals out of five showing up on the. Uh, on the plays of the week, it's not exactly a good sign. Uh, but mine is the, the man that we that we discuss many a time in relation to, to the plays of the week. But actually, this week I think it was it was deserved. Uh, it was last week Joey Martin made it on the plays of the week. Shock horror. Um, didn't actually make it on this week, so it's possibly why the plays of the week weren't as good this week. Um, but yeah, a nice pass. We, from we don't Joey like Martin. plays of the week this week. No Joey we don't Martin. Like plays of the week this week. They got the wrong Joey. Yeah. You got the wrong Joey. Uh, but no, on a serious note, it was a nice pass from Joey Martin in front of the net, round his back, um, backhand pass straight to the back door and just slotted in nicely. Um, so a, a well-earned play of the week for Joey Martin this time round. <laughs> um, then we move on to the airport. Uh, and I have to say, this time last week, we were sitting there thinking that we were going to have no airport section to discuss. Uh, and then on the Thursday, when we were actually planning on doing the next episode, just a couple of hours before we would have been doing it, something like that, or a few hours before we were doing it, uh, Nottingham announced a signing. So I'll throw it over to Andy for that first, and then uh, there's a couple of signings this week as well. Yeah, Nottingham have signed uh, Canadian Mathieu Toussignan. He's a 30-year-old uh, from Saint-Étienne-de-Lausanne, that region of Canada. Uh, can play centre and left wing. Uh, pretty decent size guy, six foot. He joins from uh, DBTK Jägers Medvek, Slovakia. Uh, played 15 games there and only the one assist. Uh, previous to that uh, in the DEL2 with Love and Frankfurt. Did a little better in that, 50 points in 48 games, uh, 65 penalty minutes. And penalty minutes quite, quite a big factor of, of his... Uh, I mean, he, he celebrated his first Nottingham shift with a penalty. Uh, so that was good to see for us. Uh, not, really, not 
to worry about. Not that him. it made much of a difference to the result, but yeah, fully no, agree. No, not really. Not, not worried about him to be honest. Uh, I think I had a fight at the weekend uh, with Sam Jones. Sham Jones. Five flyers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's good to see Sam Sam having a fight. Um, you know. Again, a young Brit standing up for his teammates and uh, to go against Tucson, a, a, a big guy, lots of penalty minutes in his, in his career. Uh, credit credit to him to go up against him. But yeah, a very big, strong guy, big, tough guy. Uh, yeah, not afraid to drop the, drop, drop the gloves. Probably not going to be the biggest impact player. I doubt it anyway in February. But yeah, good signing from that game. To be fair, you say um, you, you say fair play to Sam Jones for dropping with uh, with Tuchignon. Fair play to Tuchignon for dropping the gloves with Flash Gordon. Oh no! You know that's that that's that's a big feat. That, that's fair play. Teach me how to fight, Flash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Where did I get over that one? Gref, you know what? You you take over for a while. I mean. I don't really think there's much to say now. You've you've already just mentioned Flash Garden. Uh, but looking through his playing career, he he seems like the physicality is more of his gameplay. I mean, when you look through the seasons, he's got like in the AHL, he had 120 minutes in one season. And the other season, he had like 158, 136. Goes to the DL, so 101 penalty minutes. So he seems to be the very physical type. Probably the player that... I think it's the player that they've probably been missing this season because they've not really had anyone to throw the big hits. They've got Keeley P. He's not really done much to be fair this season. He's about what? One fight that was wasn't really that good. Was it Pelic that you fought? Was it Farnham? Yeah. I want to say Farnham. Probably Farnham. Keep keep Farnham. keep going, and I'll have a look on hockeyfights.com. <laughs> I think he's probably had one against Springer as well this season. Who, who knows? He so, could, it's probably a good player to have in the team when it's it'll it'll protect his players so that's a good thing to have I mean I don't really think they've got many youngsters now on the team because they've loaned them out apart from probably Josh Tetler to get a nice time that is yeah I think what Gref said you look at his um, his CV and a lot of his I think there's only three um, seasons where he's played more games than penalty minutes, so that's an indication that he's not he's not afraid to to delve into the physical side or at least into the side of the game that's going to get him penalised. But that could be a good thing in respect. He could like like Gref said, look after his teammates. Um, not much from seeing him on Saturday, but his first game flying over, you don't get much of a view. But he's you know, but you know everyone, the Nottingham fans first impression the day after was yeah this is a good sign and this is going to do what we're missing so as much as excuse me um the cv of the player doesn't fit be fit the traditional nottingham signing it's another signing that looks like 
it's fitting the pieces of the puzzle that Geed is certain Tim Wallace is trying to build. Whereas before they do the Flash CV type thing. So it's a complete difference of how they're doing things. Um, but it looks like it's going to give them that, just that additional um, option uh, of, of offense. And like I think Andy said, you know, if he's prepared to fight, he's going to give his linemates a bit more room. It's going to, you know, the, the chests are going to be bigger. They're going to be able to be a bit braver. And I'm not saying that these, these linemates aren't brave. Let me just quash that straight up before we get any um, upset to folk. It's just going to give them that more, you know, you know, confidence to do stuff and, and, and push themselves. And I always related back to the first Coventry season where Pyatt was there. He was on the line with uh, Calder and Carlson, and and Pyatt just gave him the freedom of the city. And they, I think, they got like 200 points between them. So it could be a blessing, a blessing in disguise. Stroke master signing for the Nottingham Panthers. I think it's one of those signings again that. We... You've just got to kind of wait and see, and we say that more and more at the minute. But I think, I think that's a, a, an indication as to the signings that are made, but also an indication as to the way the league's going at the minute. Is anybody anybody can win games, and any player can can have an impact. Um, before I go any further on Tusignon, by the way, uh, Lapine's had three fights this year. He's fought Springer, Pelican, Baldwin. Uh, looking at hockeyfights.com. Um, better season for Lapine, to be fair. On a side note. Nine points, which matches last season's, but 20 games prior, 56 penalty minutes, which is half the penalty minutes he took last season, and a plus eight instead of minus five from last year. That's a considerable improvement for Lapine. Um, but back to Tushin on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of him, to be fair. As Andy says, the first thing that I thought was, um, haha, the Nottingham's new signing's already taken a penalty when he sat down in the box in Sheffield. Um coming from the Hungarian team in the Slovakian league which is always fun uh, but one point from 15 games two games so far in the elite league with no points 13 13 penalty minutes already I can't see him making a big difference to be honest but maybe they need that spark maybe they need that guy who's going to bring in a bit of a hit bit of hit physicality you know Nottingham have always been that team that have played with a bit more of a physical edge and uh, I'd say over the last couple of seasons, they've kind of lost that physical edge a bit. But Guy Lapine hasn't really been very efficient in that respect. Maybe he's improved in other areas, but he certainly hasn't been as prevalent in the physicality. So maybe this guy's going to bring a bit of that as well. He's, you know, he's only six foot, but seemed to bring a lot of size to their roster in terms of the way that he threw his body about. So maybe, maybe that's going to be where he improves that team. Um, also, frequent games in the AHL, 327. Uh, 79 points or only 0.24 points per game but you don't play 300 plus games in the AHL without having something about your game um, so you know even if you do end up playing for the affiliate team for Philadelphia um, something that I have forgot to mention sorry uh, just quickly is that uh, yeah. when he when he signed uh, there was a, a statement I can't remember where it's from but that he had been struggling with a spinal issue for the last year or two uh, right. Okay. So we'll have to see how, how we how we copes with that and and how he does. Interesting then to see the the shift back to a kind of more North American style of play. Because I mean he's played obviously I mean from 2015-16 he's played DEL2, DEL2, Alsvenskan, DEL2, and then started the season in Slovakia. Theoretically moving then to a more physical league again. It seems like an interesting move for him, but. 
Yeah, I, I mean, to be, again, he's one of those players, I don't really want to say anything bad about him because we said something bad about Ricard Palmberg and then he played well while he was in Belfast. So, um, yeah, wait and see on this one. But I don't think he's going to change the world. But if he gives that spark to Nottingham, title race is, is heating up and it's, you know, it's a four-horse race right now. And if he's what they need, you know, maybe he's going to be lifting some silverware at the end of the year. I hope not, but certainly not out of the picture. Um, I will say the one thing, they were absolutely waxing lyrical about um, the fight that he had with Sam Jones. And I've seen so many things about, oh, the new guy drops the gloves. He was ragdolled. <laughs> Didn't really, really have much play in that fight at all. Um, Sam Jones made light work of him by the looks. So, you know. Um, Do you think he was picturing that, that it was Ming? Like was fighting. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he drops the gloves with Sam Jones and starts shouting death to me. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, mate. Can anybody, um, anybody got anything else they want to add on to see none? Or are we going to move on to the next arrival slash departure? I'm going to take the silence as I know we've got anything else to add. Um, Gref, I'm going to throw it over to you because your beloved Manchester Storm have had an addition. We have indeed. We've signed Cam Brave from... Well, he was playing for Guildford until he got released uh, a few weeks ago. So it's a welcome addition. Some more bodies to help with playoff push. I mean, we're Three points behind Glasgow in seventh, and then a point ahead of Dundee that are in ninth. So hopefully this can help us get that playoff place. Then I can have my last laugh on you, Joe, for a little bit until we get knocked out, probably. Yeah, I was I was leaving that one for you to finish off. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he played 33 games for Guildford, got 10 points. 33 penalty minutes and it was a minus 7 for which he played most of his games whilst Guildford were actually did a little bit of a struggle at that one point bit of change up and they now seem to be doing pretty alright I mean they weren't too great against ourselves on Saturday but it seems like somebody had actually played alright against you guys but who knows, could be different come next week if they've got a game on the weekend. Played for Alberg Pirates in Denmark. 22 games, 13 points. Insert pirate joke. Yeah, insert pirate jokes here. Played in the EBEL. I'm not even going to pronounce that team name because I will mess it up so bad. Orly no, no. There we go. There we go. Put in the NLB. Got in 45 games, 47 points. Really just below the NLA. That's pretty decent. He's played one game in the AHL. He's played in the U Sports League. We've played with. Uh, he'll now be teammates with him again with Critchlow. Of star, so he's teammates within there. 
played quite a bit in the WHL. So he looks like he could be not one that's going to be scoring a lot, but he's going to be putting in a lot of effort. And hopefully we can get that playoff spot. Sorry, have I gone on a podcast or a stand-up comedy? Uh, wow. Um, we'll, we'll wondering what that was. <laughs> um, I, like Gref said, it's he's not going to you know completely lead the charts, but what he's probably going to do is give him not only the, the additional body but the, the energy that they've they've been playing a while with uh, with short bench, haven't you? Um, yep. So you know the body, um, you know, will do the world good. And like you said, you know, bit of AHL, bit of NLB with Thurgo, um, with in EBL with all these Nojnamo. Um, you know, he's got experience. Um, and yeah, he started okay uh, at Guildford. And yeah, he's not the one that's going to go. Wow, what a signing! No disrespect to the kid. But I think the benefits he'll give to the, the storm may outweigh the the quietness that the CV presents. So I, I again, you know, still comedian playoff spot. Who knows? But he's going to give you the better chance than you had before. Um, there's not a whole lot I can add. You know, a, a decent third, fourth line centre. Ten points so far in 33 games. Uh, working out at point three. Points per game. Uh, I think it's a decent pickup, as as you've all said. You know, uh, under the body, uh, can only help a team improve, especially when Manchester had quite a bit of uh, injury injury runnings recently. So it'd be good for them. More people on the ice, more people, more people dressing, and um, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Um. Again, not much to add. U Sports League and a lot of experience in there. Uh, in addition to Cam Critchlow, he also played with Francis Bavillier, uh, who had a stint with Belfast. Um, yeah, 10 points in 33 games for Guildford. Um, coming on to a slightly weaker roster, so maybe a bit more chance to shine on that roster. Um, I think the key point, as you guys have already picked up on, is he's a, he's a body. He's a, he's a guy to fill in that gap. So, yeah, see how he does in Manchester. Suspect he's going to be on a similar line, so kind of a point every couple of games or so. Um, so yeah, not a bad signing. And as we say, the main thing is at the minute is that they're uh, they're bringing in some bodies to help buff out their roster. Um, the last signing, then, if nobody's got anything else to add on Cambrai's, uh I'm going to throw it over to Dave. Um, Sorry, not signing, departure, should I say? Thank you, um, Joe. So yeah, um, my apologies again. The sniffles is really doing my my nothing. Um, Dave had a player leave, uh, Patrick, and I forgot his name, I've got it wrote down. What a great start. Um, but basically, um, come on, someone, guys, just help me out with the surname of the kid, please. Who? The, the guy who's left. Like, I really should have had it wrote down. Well, he's, he's not called Patrick for a start. Is it Patrick? <laughs> you know. Try Ricard Palmberg. Ricard Palmberg. I've got, I've got the first name and the surname mixed up. That's my bad. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Ricard he, he, Patrick. Just, just... Yeah, I've got, you know, he's just called Patrick. No. Patrick's left. Done. The end. Um, so he came, he scored points, he's gone. Um, no, he um, he's left uh, Belfast uh, to go to the, the SHL um, with Oscar Sham. Uh, we all kind of looked at his stats and went, he could do all right. 
he hasn't got the stats that will say he will. He did very well um, and gave the Giants some serious uh, forward impetus. So he's kind of earned himself um, a nice deal in the SHL. Um, you know, it's 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 a loss to the Giants, but the highlights I saw of uh, of Patrick, as he's now christened, um, he, he looked a good player. Um, and I think if he'd stay there longer, maybe maybe didn't making a significant um, addition to Belfast's attempt at defending the title. Um, that's not saying they're out of the race, but I think if he'd still been there longer, maybe to the end of the season, I think he would have gave them that additional push where they may have lost a couple of the games they may have lost. He may have got a goal, may have got an assist on something. Who knows? But, you know, I think for the Belfast perspective, it was, uh, you know, don't cry because he's gone smile because it happened. Because he, he, the highlights showed quality player and he's in a league now that uh, he's in a good shout out uh, looking at it it's 10 games 11 points and 6 goals that's pretty decent considering when we're looking at his stats we were thinking could do maybe not that type of point scorer and then it's actually just going to prove us wrong, which it happens on a regular occurrence, when it's, especially when it's like predictions. To be He's fair, having... Griff, you were probably getting excited, given the rate that Manchester are picking up ex-Elite League players. You probably thought he was going to end up pulling over a Storm jersey. I mean, that would be brilliant, but he's gone to a league that's far greater than the Elite League. I mean, the team... It's gone through now. They're going to be playing the current CHL champions that we'll come to later on. It's... I'm not surprised he's actually gone, to be fair. I mean, he's obviously played in the better league, but they probably offered him a lot more money as well. And I'm not too sure how long the contract was for Belfast. Maybe it could have been a short-term. I think it was short-term injury cover contract, I think. There you go. <laughs> Don't take that as, as gospel, but I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, talk about gospel and Colin Patrick. Colin St. Patrick. That day I already named it for him. There you go. You do know his uh, cousin is called Patrick. No, he isn't. Yeah, yes. his, second, his cousin. second cousin is called Patrick Franson. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it would be quite fun, that, wouldn't it, when you got two family members of the same first name? If, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a whole lot, again, I can really add. I mean, uh, we thought at the time of signing, Redox would be one of the best players for, for, for Giants, but, uh, you know, we were wrong, and then he comes Ricard Palmberg or Patrick is... I don't, I don't know why. It's formerly known. Yeah. At least I mixed up. I didn't call him Gary or something like that. You know, really stereotypical. Could have called Gary. him Kenny and then you'd have had his dad's name in there as well. <laughs> but yeah, in, in comes Rickard and uh, we think, you know, because his stats, he, he doesn't look anything special, but he ends up being an absolute stud for Belfast. I mean, 11 points in 10 games, wow. Uh, it's, it's, I know Belfast aren't doing too bad without him, but so when you think if he was still in that roster, how much of a difference it would make him right now? But uh, yeah, you now Chris Payne heads back to the SHL, uh, obviously on more money. 
in, in, in a much better league. And why not? You know, um, a f- fantastic player, and I think he's going to have a lot more success in the SHL in the future. And uh, just, just a great player. Yeah, I think everybody who saw him play for the Giants definitely could see there was something there. Um, a lot of ability, a lot of potential as a player. 30 years old, so certainly um, certainly not towards the end of his career just yet. Um, and obviously showing that by signing for an SHL team. Um, it's got to be pointed out as well. I mean, he's only actually had one prior season in the SHL. So re- still really, really breaking into that league. It's not like he's gone back to a league that he's got a lot of experience in. Uh, and I think that can only really be credited to the, the season that he's had in Belfast as well, or the, the 10 games that he had in Belfast, should I say. Um, even split, really, between goals and assists, six, six goals, five assists. Um, and every week we were just talking about the effect that he had in the game and the points that he was putting up on the board. Um, you know, we, we, we thank him for proving us so drastically wrong uh, when we tried to read out his stats and it's probably the reason that we're starting to say more and more that it's a wait and see signing whenever we see one uh, rather than putting his foot in his mouth early but um, yeah big loss for the Giants to be honest uh, as I say I'm, I was under the impression he was on a short term contract I'm not 100% sure um, I've just got the article in front of me um, or one of the articles in front of me from when he signed and there's a lot of focus on he was signed ahead of a busy schedule of nine games in 18 days and things like that it doesn't actually specifically say in this one that he was injury cover uh, but it certainly goes to suggest that um so yeah big loss for the giants but we'll uh, we'll see where they go from there um moving on from the airport then that's the airport closed down for the week uh, we move on to a, a more negative side, and I f- su- suspect we're going to see um, a more negative take on this this week. Uh, we move over to Dops. Uh, so first of all, we see the aforementioned Flash Gordon, uh, Sam Jones, the five flyers. Um, has a lot worse a ring for it, doesn't it? You see Flash Gordon, it's Flash Gordon, new quarterback, New York Jets, and then all of a sudden you've got Sam Jones, defenseman, five flyers. It's just not 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 got quite the same ring to it. Um, but yeah, he gets a one match ban for an elbow against um, Mathieu Toussignon. Uh, what what do we make to this, gents? I think this is a bit of a bit of a, they've dropped the ball a bit on this one for me. It's a balls up. Let's be blunt. Um, Let's call a spade a spade. I I, I think I think we will do. If I'm honest with you about this section on Dops Mater, um, I think we will do. There's not a cat and else chance that that is a one-game suspension. It's it's not. I mean, because I watched it first, I had to look at it again to understand to understand daft the players. <clears throat> it's not the initial hit. He's then gone and elbowed him separately, which has then caused a fight. So I, that's on par with. The battle that Connolly had in front of the net, which was part, which was a significant more part of the play that was happening. No, sorry, they, they've bodged up on this one. That is, that's. If I'm honest, the way he's elbowed as well. I think the man and the way he's elbowed. I'm actually thinking two to three games. I don't think a game is sufficient for that one. Whether it's whether it was a light elbow or not, you know, he he does that properly. You know, it, it's. You know, it'd have been good for Royal Rumble, not the Elite Ice Hockey League. Uh, watching the video before, it was very 
silly from him to be doing that. I mean, he's not one to come back from injury. I think he was off for and he was with Fife. And then just go out and then just throw an elbow like that as if he's like trying to win the like the Royal Rumble that you mentioned or another wrestling event. Or even UFC at that point. It was Stupid. I I would have thought two to three games would warrant that at least minimum, not just one. They put it as category one careless. I'd probably put it as reckless as well though, because he's, he's actually he knows what he's gonna do, and he's throwing him he's throwing his elbow straight in. There's a bit of both. It's reckless from him, and it's also careless because he actually just lost his temper. As if he was like a, a a teen all over again, and he's just just turned thirteen. It's just stupid. Could you imagine with with the flash going references if uh, RA was reading this and saying it? Uh, yeah, uh, Sam Jones uh, from the Five Hours suspended for one game. Uh, yeah, it was a big a big dirty elbow there in the head. But... <laughs> What on earth was that? Can we just pause the top section and just ask, what on earth was that, Andy? If you watch Spitting Chicklets, you, you'll know what I'm trying to get at. I listened uh, to Spitting Chicklets, and even that isn't anywhere near how much of an abomination that, that was, my friend. Well, give me some cakes, I tried. No. That's how bad it were, mate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> on to the initial uh, thoughts of the band. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's... Uh, Die quite quick, didn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think a game's sufficient enough. It should definitely be more. Uh, and exactly what he was doing, definitely targeted to the head area. Uh, yeah, I'm not much again. Not much else I can say. I think you've all put the nail in, in the head already. Yeah, just more games. I think uh, two or three, not not just one for that one. Uh, Similar in, in the sort of way as the the elbow and and, and the head contact, uh, even though it wasn't, you know, you know, even though it, it was on the play, uh, but it was similar, similar to uh, O'Connor's, which we'll talk about in a minute. Even though that wasn't uh, in the play, it was off the play. Uh, still got more fun. I, I don't know. I think you know, this is sort of the same sort of thing. It's, it's still a, it's still an elbow to the head. Is what I'm saying. So. Yeah, you know, I think it should be a bit more consistency, but one game not enough for me. This is the this is the key thing for me, and I think on both accounts, and I see we'll come to the O'Connor one in a second. On, on both counts, I think Dobbs have dropped the ball, but particularly on this one. Um, I mean, let's go back to last season. Um, you see the the Milton Keynes Lightning Glasgow Clan line brawl, whatever the hell that was, just abomination. Cole Shudra ended up with multiple game suspension and he ended up with a two-game ban for a one-man fight, which resulted in a direct blow to the head of the opposing player. That was a punch with a glove. So I I fail to see how that can be given a two-match ban for a direct blow to an unsuspecting player, but an elbow to the face of of an unsuspecting player is one match. You see a hit with an elbow thrown in, that hit's getting at least two matches minimum. 
And to be fair, with a hit, yes, the onus is on the person making the hit. Yes, if it's a high-speed hit, there's probably more chance of injury. But at the same time, there's a considerable amount more intent to throw an elbow strike at a player that's just standing there when you're both facing each other. Um, just the level of intent on this is just it's above and beyond what you'd usually see. And the other thing is, O'Connor gets two matches, and again, as, as Andy said, we'll, we'll come back to it in a moment, but O'Connor gets two matches for a, a cross-check to the face. Um, Connolly got a, a match ban for a cross-check to the face previously in the season. As daft as it sounds, a cross-check and a cross-check coming up high is not an unseen occurrence in a hockey game. You do not see a player throw an elbow intentionally at a guy's face when they're squaring off. And I, I, that, to me, is just, it's just ludicrous that that's only been given a, a, a one-match ban. I think I, I, it's just absolutely ridiculous. The level of intent alone should have been two or three matches there. Um, the other ban that we've got, and obviously we've already mentioned it, is Ben O'Connor. Too much ban for cross-checking. So what do we make to that, gents? Because, as I say, I think they've dropped the ball on that one as well. I, I think O'Connor's lucky, again. Um, now, I'm going to answer this in, <laughs> in two parts. Um, I think it kind of, potentially goes into a, a bit of a deeper conversation because a lot of people are saying if the calls if the call that Ferguson was holding the stick made this wouldn't have happened so I want to part that for a second we've said it a number of times on this podcast you make any contact or play in the game and it has a contact to the head you're going to get suspended end of it's not any grey matter it's black and white this play is stupid now frustrated clearly is and you can tell on the video you know you've not got the call that you're expecting fine well punch him with your glove get your stick and slash him on the ankle you're going to get two minute two minute penalty you know they may score but you're back on you get, you get a goal and you've, you know it's 15 all in terms of you, you've balanced the books in that respect for him to do that it was the right call because it weren't like it was an accidental high, uh, cross-check to the head. He's meant to, out of frustration. And O'Connor, with his experience and his knowledge and talent, will know that he shouldn't have done that. I So, the five game was, was the fair call. Two games, no. I'd have probably looked at... I'm saying two or three flat one, I'd probably say up to, up to four. Because it was a dangerous play. Uh, for me, so I think that's where I think Dops have dropped on that one. I think the argument of well, if if that was called, that wouldn't have happened is is an argument that's now creeping in to to uh, Twitter fandom, and it's irrelevant because you're responsible for everything you do. He just punches him, he gets two minutes roughing. Huge difference in terms of what Sheffield were trying to achieve in that night. You know, Sheffield lost a close game. One of their defenders is thrown out of the game in the first period. So a team that is allegedly struggling for realness loses a man. Whether he's ill or not, loses a man. So the consequence of that, you know, you, we can't say it was the direct result of, because it didn't score on the five-minute power play. But it wouldn't have helped on the line. So I think O'Connor's lucky. He's going to have a good break. Because obviously he's, well, he's not going to have much of a break this week because so he's part of the Olympic team. Um, but he'll have a break. So he gets a chance could to... Have done it, could have done it a week earlier so that he had a break before the uh, the Olympic qualities. <laughs> well, yeah, that would have been handy. Um, but he's going to get a break nonetheless. So he's got lucky. 
sorry if for any O'Connor fans, he's, he's got lucky there. Um, he should have had longer. Yeah. It's very lucky that he's actually only got two games. It's just stupid that he's actually... With his experience that he's got, the amount of times he's played hockey in his life, not just in the Elite League, not just the GB, but also in other countries as well, is to turn around and go, you know what, I'm not getting a call for holding the stick. I know what I'll do. I'll crush at the guy in the head. That's really going to help my team. Stupid. You mentioned like, glove punch him or drop a glove and then punch him then. Or slash him. Get a rough enough slashing penalty. Or wait, score, and go past the bench and celebrate if he's on the bench or skate past him. Do something to rile him up and say, look, I've got the better of you here. That's what before. Four games, I'd probably say, yeah. That'd be probably spot on. Three or four games, especially with the elbow within two to three. It's just silly. And if you guys are still out there sharp benched, then that's going to be tough for your next two games when you play them. I mean, thankfully, you're not getting any games this weekend. So, half your team will be fine. Just the ones that are playing for GB won't be. Because obviously they're playing. Why did you have to bring up the short bench comment? You just you could have just left that there and not brought it up. Not had to discuss the short bench thing. Had to bring it up. Yeah. Because we're not short benched. <laughs> had this argument with about a million Steelers fans on Facebook. People that insist on falling back on oh we lost but we were short benched we have a full quota of imports the only matter the only sense in which we're short benched is that Robert Down isn't playing and even with that we've got Cole Shudra filling in we played four lines at the weekend and then our fans when we lost fell back on oh we were short benched and then when that didn't work oh we were ill fine no problems if we were ill that's all right just take the loss gracefully don't feel the need to make an excuse for it. Just look at it and go, we were poor. It was a terrible game. Move on. Not, oh, but we've been short-benched. No, we haven't. Sorry, mini, mini run over. Um, two matches isn't enough. I'll, I, sorry, and I'll throw it over to you and then I'll come in after, after you, Andy. Sorry, but I interrupted you. Yeah, two games, very, very lucky. He's a very lucky lad to only have two. Uh, just, I, I don't understand what, what goes through your head when you're being, when someone's, someone's, you know, on your stick. And I, I've had my stick held quite a few times, giggity. Not once did I think <laughs> to do... You just leave that one, could you? No, I couldn't, sorry. <laughs> but not once did I think, you know what, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do... I'm, I'm going to do this and that. That's completely unrelated to what he's just done. I'm, I'm going to do something a whole lot worse. But, you know, just what goes through your head to make you do that, to decide, oh, this is what I'm going to do now. Just why? 
It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's also the fact that he goes in with his stick as well. I, I think his stick made contact with his, with his neck area. It looked that way from the replay. Mm. So, just just stupid. Why can't I just tap him or, I don't know, just give him a little shovel or something? I don't know, but, I mean, on the stick isn't the worst penalty in the world. Isn't the worst thing to do in the world. You know what I mean? It's not like he's hurting you or anything like that. He's holding part of your equipment, you know. So what warrants you to then retaliate in a way that could that could and did hurt someone? It's it's silly, and there's no need for it, especially when you know you, as Joe said, not a short bench, but your team's struggling through injury and illness, and then to make it worse, make yourself, make your team down one D man. I mean, why? It just doesn't make sense. Andy, you've you've just hit the nail on the head for me. Is the key part of this the, the key bit that, that shows you just how stupid it is? It's not even as if Ferguson was doing anything to hurt O'Connor. It's not like he was giving him a few slashes on the back of the leg and he snapped, or he's throwing a couple of glove punches when the referees turned away. He had hold of his stick, man. That's it. You know, he, there's, there's nothing on. Yeah, okay, it's frustrating. But the, surely the frustration from that goes to the referee. I mean, maybe if anything, shoot the puck at the referee and get yourself a nine-match ban. But now, um, surely that frustration goes to the referee. Surely that frustration. I mean, he's he's done exactly what Ferguson wanted him to do there and more. And what he could have, what he did there, could have been so much worse. As you say, from the replay, it looks as if that's directed straight into his neck. I mean, all he needed to do was direct that down six inches lower into his chest. No problem at all. Two-minute penalty, tops. But he directs it straight towards the neck and chin. And it is just ridiculous. It is just unexplainable. I can't understand what thought process has gone through his head. And I also can't understand what thought process goes through the fans' heads that can justify that by saying, oh, but he had his stick held. Oh, well, the referee could see that. Yeah, because he cross-checked him clean across the face. And it, it just baffles me. Dave, as you say, I don't understand this need now to come out with this comment of, but had the referee called the holding the stick penalty, well, how do you know he wouldn't have cross-checked him across the face? Because it's a bit of a dispor- disproportionate response in the first place. Maybe you just didn't like him. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in slightly. When, I, I know because a few of the... Um, fans on, on social media have said, oh, it's, it's Steelers justifying it. And I've not seen them justify the hit because of a stick. I've seen a lot of saying it wouldn't have been called, or so it wouldn't have happened because of the stick, which mm. I think are two different things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. However, I think it all falls down to use of the noggin to go, right, do I do the right thing, or if I'm going to do the wrong thing, how severe? And I think Ben's just failed it. And I think in, fair, in, in his defence, Bear will never say that. He'll know that. He'll know that now. He'll know, you know. He's lucky that he gets to go to GB because it's not like he's now sitting on it for two weeks. Yeah. You know, had it been, let's say, one of the imports or one of the Brits that haven't made the GB team, he's sitting on it for two weeks and that'll fester a bit. Um, so he's lucky in the fact that he gets to, to to get it out of system. He plays a week for GB, <clears throat> has a week break, and he comes back and all being well. Results aren't harmed by one defenseman short, um, and, and he, he hopes that it isn't the case because you know it, it could have been a lot worse. 
Yeah, I definitely. Um, I, I mean, the one thing I'll say in his in his again in his slight defence, it is very out of character. Very out of character for Ben O'Connor. Yes, there's been some stupid penalties at times, but nothing that severe. Um, but I just I just can't see any provocation to that. I can only think that he said something to him as well. Um, because I can't think what else could have what could have provoked it. Um, I am going to make one comment on the two dops to two dops decisions. Um, you could possibly guess what it's going to be. Um, Ben O'Connor, um, is required under category two reckless, deliberate, and or dangerous action with no concern for the result, with a conscious action to provoke through intent and a willful purpose. Right, Sam Jones. Uh, supplementary discipline is required under category one careless insufficient attention or thought to avoid harm or error somebody tell me where the line between those two incidents are where one's one's careless and one's reckless one a player's thrown a stick straight at a player's face and the other one a player's thrown an elbow straight at a player's face surely they're both category two reckless surely they're not honestly saying that Sam Jones has just thrown his elbow out and just not really thought, oh, this might hit him in the face. It's it's one that's... I know it's baffled you a lot this season, Joe, um, the constant use of careless and reckless. Uh, and I think this is one that we just file under that uh, long list of met ones that will just baffle because I don't understand that either, mate, because I think they're both like you. They're both the same. Um, they're, they're not careless about them. Uh, if, and if we're honest intention to injure no but the intention to do the action yes yeah so um yeah let's just file under that one because i don't think i think we're all i think i think griffin will be baffled of that one maybe we should get a, a, a dictionary for, for next christmas well is it a dictionary or is it and I'm, I'm playing a little devil's advocate here um it's it's knowing their their no, definition no it's of... not a patrick generic <laughs> oh that was a bit harsh, um, but fair. Um, <laughs> knowing their definition of where the land lies with careless and reckless. And I say that because potentially the definition or the line in the sand between the two could be different between all four of us, theoretically. Mm. So it, I mean, it'd be interesting to know. Obviously, you're not going to have a a black and white scenario it's, there is going to be a grey area where it could the line may move slightly do, you know, depending on the scenario but it's interesting to know exactly you know, what comes under their, their definitions of what comes under the careless and the reckless because like you're saying like Andy was saying they're all really the, the, them two incidents were all the same mm. sorry for jumping in under no no it's fine it, it's, it's a bit like from, from that, I'm, I'm sorry vegans for this but remember the billboard with the animals on it, that that meat one says, "Well, where do you draw the line?" Even they use the same sort of system. Oh, but I like dogs, but I don't mind eating cows. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it there. That's the sort of system, is it? Can I just say, Andy? I think you've named episode 57 now, whatever it is, because it's definitely gonna be called "I'm Sorry Vegans." Um... <laughs> it's quality. Sure, though, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, you got it, mate. Bang on. Absolutely like, that's bang on. That's where the foot in the line. That is where it is between dog and cow. That's it's there. Why? <laughs> I have no words. I have, I don't even I don't even have anything else to say on that. I just <laughs> absolutely spot on that, mate. Absolutely spot. Um. I mean, one thing I will say is I think Dobbs would be a bit more careful if they had to sit through years of tort law um, lectures. <laughs> um, Dave, I don't know. You do tort law at uni, yeah, Dave. Sadly, yeah. Yeah. I think they'd take a bit of a different stance if they had to sit through that. Well, I hated that. <laughs> but I just, it, it just baffles. But the, do you know the thing is for me, if they can't apply it properly, just don't do it. <laughs> These, it adds nothing to the decision or to the reasoning for them to say this is category one careless this is category two reckless it doesn't add anything so if you can't get it right just don't do it <laughs> just don't include it maybe it adds to the, the word count I was going to say the hand in the uh, they're working on whatever it was I can't remember what the the portal was that we had to hand it in on at uni um, they're handing the working on that and checking it for plagiarism and checking it for the character count and they're making sure they're getting that extra 10, 10 characters to make sure they hit the margin I just uh, stupid I, I, just, I, don't, I just don't get it um, I've got some the next thing that we've got on the agenda we've got something that's DOPS related um, I'm going to throw it out to you guys now because we've also got the EIHL situation room to discuss it's further down the agenda um, so I'm suggesting that the other DOPS review comes in with the IHL situation room. I don't know what you guys think. Getting a thumbs up from Dave, Chuck Norris style, like in dodgeball. Um, so we're going to move on. Um, so we'll go to the wondrous source of entertainment that has been the Challenge Cup final tickets. Um, I'm not even going to give it any more intro than that, gents. Just, just fire away. So Sheffield and Cardiff in the final. Sheffield and Cardiff have done their selling of tickets in slightly different in respect to the following. Cardiff, so they both went to season ticket holders first, the priority. Uh, in Sheffield, they've also had the um, the supporters club. I don't know if there's any similar to Cardiff. I don't know if they have like the, the Red Army travel thing. I don't know if they've given the, uh, the same priority. Um, so we've had more in Sheffield. Because Cardiff said, email in and we'll bring you in order and you can book your tickets. Done, doesn't find no problem. Sheffield, queue from uh, tickets will be on sale at 1pm on sat- last Saturday. Um, and if you if you qualify for the priority, first come, first serve. Um, which led to the humongous uproar of, well, I'm not going to get a ticket. This is disgusting. I'm not going to get a ticket. This is wrong. I'm not going to take it. We need a new system. I'm not going to get... See a bit of a... Pattern here, guys. It's a lot of... Because I'm not going to get. Um, And it's reeked through the Sheffield fan base. Badly. As of today, there's still over 100 tickets left for the (laughs) Challenge Cup final. Now, I'm happy because I've managed to get uh, tickets. Andy and Joe, we're all going down to the final. Um, Griff would have come down, um, but you're working that weekend, unfortunately. Um, so you know he been... doesn't get to join in the uh, the mocking chants of ole ole ole. 
thank you, Joe, because it took me four hours and sleep to get that out of my head. Um, now it's back. It's not me, because uh, I'm literally there's a conversation I'm involved in, which is clearly taking me uh, a lot of that away. Um, so, just... There seems to be, and we had a similar thing with the, the playoff tickets, a lot of, because I'm going to miss out, I need to stamp my feet, I need to scream and shout until I'm heard on social media. But, on both occasions, Sheffield's getting more playoff tickets. It's on sale block 19 tomorrow. Um, and with the Challenge Cup final tickets not on sale. I think people just need to take a step back and just have a bit of a realisation that, you know, all sports, whether it's football, rugby, cricket, you know, cricket, let's say you get a massive one-day final at Lords. Members get priority. Then people get tickets. You can get, like, season passes, but you're not a member. Then they get the priority. And then someone else. So T20 finals day which is the biggest selling game in the domestic calendar. You Let's put it this way. It is next September, and as of October, it had already sold out, minus the 500 tickets that are held back for the four qualifying teams. Um, but they have a priority list, and if you don't fit it, you don't argue. Rugby League have the same if they have the Challenge Cup final. Their season ticket holders get the priority. Every sport has to have a priority to, to give, because you, you can't do a, 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 you know, first come first serve regardless. Because what stops um, someone who, you know, let's just play the argument of people saying, well, people who go to away games and got seen tickets, they don't get the opportunity. What happens if someone goes to one game, picks up 20 tickets, and deprives actually someone who's been who's a seen ticket holder and goes to away games? The potential arguments it brings, it, it's just stupid. So every sport does it. Isaac has done it. In fact, Steelers have done it for years. Ever since I've been going to the playoff weekend, it's always been if you're a season ticket holder or support squad member, and I know the Panthers do the same, um, and I know other clubs do the same, their season ticket holders are all, and, and all their support club members have the same priority. Always the case. And if you want to whinge about it, Jesus Christ, it's £11 to join in Sheffield. 11 quid. You pay it in August. It was flash. If, they, if you make a final or the weekend, yeah, have some priority for 11 quid in August. You know, if you're like us four, you'll have spent that in Taco Bell or other fast food chains by by the end of November. Never mind the whole season. So, if you, you know, it's just like, for me, it's just the stupidity of it. It's a case of I'm missing out, so I have to scream and shout. And, you know, as it's turned out with the tickets that are still available, it just makes you look stupid. I'm going to let someone else have a go. Just add on that for one second before I go, Shane. You can get two membership passes for SSSC, which is cheaper than a tw- than a what ten inch pizza that they're gonna sell. So that's a very good point, like, Andrew. Go ahead, Greg. No, I, I touch on what you mentioned there, Dave. I, it's kind of funny that you guys are getting another blocking playoff. Yes. Uh, it's the block they've been trialing out for drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna go well, isn't it? I have to say on that from uh, a hats off to um, the Steelers social media because when we actually tweeted that, we actually tweeted block nineteen and the drum emoji. So we're clearly actually in in subtle forms mocking our own 
flaws in that respect. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. Fair play to you as well. Especially when I saw the tweet as well before from the clan during the, the Hayward testimonial where Steelers actually got involved and said, I just put, I hope that's get involved. Fair play to them. I, regards to the tickets, I think a lot of comments are stupid. They're just spitting their dummies out because they've got X in their own way all the, all the time and then finally something's not going to go their way. Oh, I'm going to spit my dummy out. I'm going to throw some on social media. That'll get some likes and retweets. No, just, just grow up here. Stupid. It's, you'll see it in every sport, like Dave mentioned, it includes some like football and then all the way down, from the top leagues all the way down. If you're a season ticket holder or you're a membership owner for that club, you're going to get thanked by the club for actually forking your money out at the start of the season. They mention it, I think, on everything that, yeah, you're going to get priority for this, this and this. You mentioned, for you guys, 11 quid. That's, but you probably spend that, obviously, cashless-like, in your arena. <laughs> Setting prices a super pint without blackcurrant. Yeah. I mean, I won't go without a super pint for that game. Maybe go without the chips and the hot dog or something. You know. To be to be fair, from your um, from your whatever it was seven nil drubbing on Boxing Day, it's probably not a good idea for you to go to the arena and watch a game without a super pint. Can confirm. It was just stupid the comments that are coming about. It's just showing why social media is becoming so bad. I mean, we've mentioned it so many times, and I don't think we want to go over it again because it bores the life out of us. We we could flog that one to death, and we have, and we could still flog it even more. It's very I... true. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying. Carry on. I've always agreed that season ticket members, season ticket holders, or SSSC members should get priority. That, that's how it's always been uh, since I first went, and I totally, you know, 100% understand that. When it comes to venues as small as Cardiff, I, I kind of get a bit why, you know, there'd be some sort of uh, unsurance out there about it. But I literally thought the tickets would have, all tickets in the Steelers blocks would have sold out within hours. But it surprised me to know that there's still quite a few out. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things where you just got you know just take it take it as it is, uh, and and just remain hopeful that some will still be on sale like they are now. I mean, I need to thank someone, uh, but I'm not going to use his real name because last time I did, uh, he shouted at me. So Dom, thank you very much for uh, lending me your ticket to get to get a ticket to get a ticket. You know what I mean? Um, 
the yeah. use of his season ticket to allow you to facilitate getting a Towns Cup final ticket. Yes, that. Thank you. Thank it's you. like the worst <laughs> version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Ever. <laughs> 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 well played. Yeah, because um, even I wasn't sure if, if you know, I, I'd get one. And uh, obviously been loving this club to bits, being my first game of six weeks old, you know, I've, I've grown up with this team and uh, I I should have thought ahead, I'll be honest with you, uh, but I didn't, I never, never crossed my mind about being an SSC member. Uh, I, I thought it'd be a lot more. It's my fault for not looking into that, uh, which I should have done. And, and for the sake of £11, I'm definitely doing that for next season. I mean, it's absolutely, it's nothing at the end of the day. But given the capacity that that, that is at Cardiff, I kind of understand, you know, I think everyone should get a fair choice, uh, whether the holders or not. They should at least have some, you know, be able to have some allocated to none. Uh, but, yeah, again, just surprising to know that there's still someone on sale. Because I, I thought they'd have been snapped up in hours. I just want to play devil advocate what you're saying there, mate. Um, I understand where you're trying to come from, but then why... And, and let's just use Sheffield, for example, for the following thing. It's, it's, e- it's even easier to be seen as golden now, just never mind the sports club. You can pay it over 10 months. Why should... Bear in mind that what every team does in terms of who gets the priority, should an element then be reserved just because of the venue? Now, the venue isn't the fault of the teams that have qualified. Because <laughs> everyone knew in August, September, where the final was going to be. It just so happens that the biggest fan base, which I think now we can say Sheffield is the biggest fan base in the country in terms of the averages, are in the final. That's the, the only people who are at fault for that are the Sheffield Steelers themselves. It's, a, it's not a bad thing. They made the final. But it comes with that, you know, only so many is going to be able to make the final. Now, thankfully, it's on TV. So it's not, you haven't got to pay 20 quid for a webcast. Because I think, maybe so right, we, we paid, or collectively we paid £20 for the last... Final down in Cardiff, Joe? Yeah. I think it was still like £20. So it's, it's, on, like it's, that, on, yeah. it's on Premier Sport. And I believe, reading um, one of the, the the Orange Army groups, is that those... So the sports club are also going to try and get a venue that will put on the game, cover the cost of any licence or anything, so that fans can get down and watch it. Now, OK, it's not going to be the same as being at Cardiff. But the opportunity for people to be at least with and amongst fans, whether it's in your home or in a wider group, are, are plenty. So I, I'm not sure I agree with the an element should be saved just because of the size of venue. And also, when we held the final against Cardiff, we didn't sell out our blocks. I think we sold about 85, 90% of the tickets. So still 10%. So. It's never going to please everyone, but they've gone down the tried and tested method that's been used for years. Yeah, I, I completely understand. It's, it's not Leeds' fault at all. You know, if Cardiff are the only the only club who have put that offer in to host it, then that's that that's absolutely fair enough. You know, to kind of phrase now it is what it is. But you know, had I known that, you know, thinking back, I remember that tickets would sell within hours uh, because of. Uh, the queue was quite long for. There must be at least what, uh, nearly two thousand season ticket members. I think it's eighteen to nineteen hundred season ticket holders. Right. But uh, to be uh, fair, we were never going to sell fifteen hundred tickets just to no, season ticket holders. No, because yeah. none of them, not all of them can go. People mm, work. Yeah. People work in schools who can't get the time off because it's not half term. 
So it's always not going to be, you know, like you said, Joe, not all of us are going to be able to go to the final. Yeah, it, it, was, it was until I read that, uh, I thought, you know, uh, some members might get extra tickets if they were allowed to, but when I, when I saw that they weren't allowed to, it was literally one card per ticket, and I thought, oh, no, fair enough. Uh, I, like I said, I, I got it wrong. I, I, you know, I, I thought it would work differently uh, to what they put it, and that's that's my own fault. It's my own fault for not being an SSC member. Uh, I, sh- I should have known this. I should have thought ahead. It's as simple as that. I'm, it's my own fault, but Again, you know, I, I, I totally thank Dom for sending me a season, season ticket. You know, mass, massive, massive, uh, massive help on that. And yeah, again, it, it is what it is. You know, Sheffield, yeah, it was way too big a place to host, host, a, host a final. Uh, I think the official attendance from the last time it was in Sheffield was 7,500. Or around that amount. So we're yeah. talking 1,500. We're actually talking 1,500 seats plus that are, are empty. Yeah. Too big, too big a venue, but... Yeah, like I said, had I known there'd be still tickets at the end of the day still going, then you know what? I'd be like, fair enough. But I didn't think that would be the case. That's just, just me. I just think the whole... The way that people have gone about it again is it's just daft. And Dave, you've you've hit the nail on the head with it. Is it? It's, but what if I want to go and I'm not a season ticket holder? It, you know, it, a lot of the the argument hasn't been a generic. Oh, it's not fair that season ticket holders get something. A lot of the time, you're seeing the actual argument begin with. But I want to go to the game, and I'm not a season ticket holder. And you just think, well, but it's not, you know, it's not just about that. At the end of the day, you've got 1,500 tickets to sell. You have to find some way of regulating that if you think your team is going to need more than 1,500 tickets. And ultimately, if that way is saying season ticket holder first, you know, and, and people are saying it's the things that have been really irritating me. Be reading people saying online that it's amateurish and it's an amateurish way that we're running the club because we're only offering it to season ticket holders. Um, other people, as you say, have been have been saying about a loyalty point system, which just wouldn't work for a number of reasons. But I mean, when you consider the fact that Steelers tickets are sold by um, the box office rather than the Steelers themselves. The tickets were then being sold by the SSC. It would just it be impossible. The logistics of trying to figure out a loyalty point system between the Steelers, the SSC, and the box office would just it wouldn't work. Um, but ultimately, a what way is it amateurish to to use the only viable way of logistically sorting out some kind of order in which those tickets are sold? But b you're Tony Smith. You're the owner of the Steelers and you want to encourage as many people as possible to fill in those application forms for a season ticket for next year. Why would you not use that as your incentive? Why do you not want to give that incentive to people to say, do you know what? You've given us £300 at the start of the year in advance of everything else. Okay, maybe that's paid on a finance plan. Maybe that's paid over X amount of months. Maybe that's paid outright. It's irrelevant. You've shown the commitment to every single game this year, whether you're going to go or not. So you get first dibs. I don't see a great issue with that. I don't see how that's amateurish. The only way that I can see it's amateurish is that somebody's got the knickers in a twist about the fact that they might not get a ticket. 
No, I, I appreciate that everyone can be seen to get older. And it's some people that don't make any sense. So I'm talking to someone um, at Royal Chamber for UK uh, last night, Joe. And he yeah. said the same, because we had the same discussion of, you know, when I said, you know, it's, it's never been a better time price-wise to actually be seen to get older. Um, you know, I do it over a period of time. I spread my payments. I, I, because traditionally, I'd come back from watching the World Championships and be like, oh, you've got to fork out 300 plus pounds. But actually, you know what? I can do it over 10 months. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, and, you know, it works out at, I think, I think it works out at 70 pound deposit and 27 pound a month for 10 months. I think it's something like that. That covers my season ticket. Now, the argument of how many games against Navy Indiver. But that's, you know, if you look at the cold hard figures, it's never less, been less than if, two full price tickets a, a, a month. Yeah, it's never been. If you can do this, okay, work may prevent it. That's fine. If you can do it, there's never been a better time. Financially wise, to make it easier for a family to go. Do you know what? Let's say you know. Let's 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 play really hypothetical scenario. When Greff moves to Sheffield, and he finds a lovely Sheffield girl, and they get married, and they have kids, and they go to the Steelers. Oh. And they all want to go. And the family syndicate, you know, you, you, you can, it depends on, you know, finance, but you couldn't do it all at one go. But if you could spread it over 10 months, that allows that family of four to go to the game. So it, there's that so many, you know, the options are there. So, well, like you say, if Tony Smith can get another three, 400 season to go just at the beginning of the next season on the back of this, he's thinking happy days. And in fairness, I think any other owner of an elite league team in this country, if they could have that percentage of improvement on their syndicate holders, because the numbers could obviously, you know, Manchester couldn't have the same numbers because of the venue. That's not a dig. That's just, you know, the fact that they can have the same percentage of increase. They'd do it. So I, I think, like I said, beginning, you know, like you said, it's all about the individual not being able to get. And sometimes it's unfortunate. But unfortunately, life can be unfortunate. You know, I want, I want to win the Euro Millions, but I've not won it yet. So I jump up and down and scream on Twitter, I've not won the Euro Millions. I can't see the National Lottery tweet me saying, do you know what, feel sorry for you, David. Here's the winning ticket. By the way, it's, it's a six-ticket rollover, so it's going to be a big jackpot. It's not going to happen, is it? Rumour has it they're going to start doing season tickets to the National Lottery, so you can only actually buy the tickets for the rollover if you've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah... Um, Either way, I tell you what, it's going to be a, what a weekend though. Um, how it's fell for the dates to just tweet it, tweak it slightly, not tweet it slightly, with the league game Cardiff Sheffield on the Friday, and then the cup final between the same two teams. That's going to be probably minus the playoff weekend, probably the biggest weekend mm. that the elite league's seen for some years. One one other thing that that's baffled me in terms of the arguments in relation to these tickets, is seeing people try and then say, well, I don't... People starting to point out the reasons that they might not have a season ticket. And fair enough, I can't make every game, I work weekends, that type of thing. Fair play. Or I can't guarantee that I can go to every game. If I miss four games, then that's not... You know, it's not then economically viable to get a season ticket. Whatever it is, fair enough. But then you're seeing people go... Well, my missus works for the NHS, so I get £5 tickets, or I get free tickets, or I get reduced cost tickets, so it's not financially viable for me to get a season ticket, um, and all this kind of stuff. Why should I miss out on the fact that 
um because i come to every single game and i want to get a challenge cup final ticket that's fine but you're still opting to pay less per game for a ticket so why yes that's fine you go to every game yes that's fine nobody's arguing that it's not a a reasonable logical reason not to have a season ticket but you can't surely then argue i should be legible to have this ticket because the reason that i don't have a season ticket is because i can get it cheaper the club would be able to um oversee the logistics of the names of who gets the tickets Mm. um now we know someone who does get them tickets um this is not criticism of the said person um and i know that different people different weeks because of availability go on the back of these tickets so how could so how could the club legislate that how could they go right i know that person's got they've been to every game and i can do that you can't because that's i don't, I don't see why they it, should either though well i i'm, I'm coming on to that um sorry so no, it's all right but i agree with you 100 um but what i'm saying is also how the point we're making is the season ticket method and the support score method you can legislate because you can say right that your season ticket number is this that name i can work it out membership number that's the name link to number done the tickets you can't so it's 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 as daft. I mean, you you benefit from the cheaper element of getting tickets. Just for the Panthers fans who still bang on about this, there ain't a free ticket in Sheffield. Cheap, yes. Free, no. Um, so don't try and use it in argument because we get good attendances. Um, We'd be getting charged booking fees on free tickets if we get free tickets anyway. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, <laughs> it, it, it just it was just something that riled me when you got the eight thousand plus attendances. Oh, it's all free tickets, you know. Tony likes a good crowd. No, it's actually paying punters. Um, I'm not being funny, but we're Nottingham, not one of the more pop, one of the more fabled teams for giving out free tickets on match days to fill up the arena. At one are, point, they are, but we can't mention that, can we? You know, let's not. Let's not let's not bring them into that uh, ilk of uh, filling the uh, the arenas. Sorry, so, not sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's that scene ticket holders and, and memberships of support clubs is the only way you can legislate it. So it's, 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 you get the benefit of having the cheap ticket, but then you lose the benefit at the other side when you want the priority. If that makes right, sense. Have your cake and eat it. Take, take the rope no, I, I can, but that's a different cake, and I've eaten a lot of it. But that, you know, I understand the point you're making there. Because um, it's bang on. You can't have your cake and eat it in this scenario. And also, I mean, people must know. Most people from where they sit will know a season ticket holder and quite possibly a season ticket holder who's not going to be using their season ticket. There's going to be enough of them. Oh, look at Andy. Well, exactly. Prime example. Andy Andy doesn't have a season ticket. Fair enough. Andy's not joined the SSSE. Fair enough. But he's gone. I know a couple of people that have got season tickets. I'm going to ask around and I'm going to see if anybody's not using it. If they're not using it, cracking. I'll see if I can use that ticket. Common sense. Again, thank you, Dom, for that. <laughs> Game some Turkish delight. I think he'll appreciate that. Oh, add some, add some chicken nuggets. Can't forget yes. them. And moving swiftly on, um, <laughs> but no, but I can think of I can think of a few, a fair few people that are season ticket holders that aren't going to the Challenge Cup final game. Do you know? And I'm sure that I'm not the only one. I'm sure that 90% of Steelers fans that regularly go, because the thing is, it's quite, you 
you know, it's quite a close knit fan base in that you'll everybody everybody has some link to somebody, somebody knows somebody or whatever it is. You, I, I'm pretty sure that most regular goers to the hockey must know somebody who has a season ticket who wasn't going. But instead of just going, oh, can I lend you season ticket so I can get a ticket? It's all this big hoo-ha on Twitter. Oh, the club's amateurish. What's going on? This is ridiculous. I'm being disadvantaged at this. And it's just, it's just stupid. Just get in the bin. Uh, does anybody have anything else to add on Challenge Cup final tickets? Challenge Cup final, that is, not Conti Cup. Um, so we move from one final to another. I'm going to throw it over to Dave because we all know that this today is the most fabled day on Dave's calendar. It's circled in big red pen. Um, it is, of course, the CHL final day. It's the greatest but the saddest day um, because <laughs> that means the end of the, of the CHL season. Um, now, we, or Joe, organised our predictions um, of who'd win the CHL final, Mountfield or Falunda. Um Joe and Gref went with Falunda. Myself and Andy went with Mountfield. And I just thought somewhere on the line, I think that they could have done it. I ignored logic. I ignored how Falunda stuck two fingers up at the feet and said, screw you, we're going to the next round. Should have stuck to my guns and gone with Falunda because Falunda have won yet again. Um, if you missed the first period, you probably you missed all the goals. Um, Frolunda being 1-0 down, um, won the game 3-1. Um, and it was it was also, it was like a two-minute spell between Frolunda's first and third goal. Um, but what an exhibition from Frolunda. That was clinical. It was class. The right way to use the, the seed bomb of hockey. Um and just everything about it. Uh, they also knew how to, to just strangle any energy at Mountfield. They gave nothing, keeping them to 18 shots. In a, in a cup final, 18 shots is going to win you nothing. It's not even going to win you the bus fare home from Bullseye. It, that's, it's, it's a bad job. But, you know, fair play to Mountfield. They, they kept going um, in front of a fantastic crowd um, that sold out within 15, 20 minutes. A good at uh, about 500 plus uh, f- uh, for London fans, I-, I I know a couple from from years ago when we played in the CHL and they was already enjoying the uh, the local hospitality, shall we say, by midday. Um, and the photos are proving entertaining as to how they're enjoying themselves. Um, but you know, well done for London. But for a minute on for London because they are the kings of Europe. No two ways about it. They are the team. You know, they all joke that Cardiff could compete with an NHL team. But I genuinely think Rolunda could go up against an NHL team and at least be competitive. They've changed the, I mean, the, the, um, the organisation, European Hockey. Uh, it's like a club society where the clubs join in, share um, expertise and, and values and to, to help it clubs growing everything and they did they did articles on both finalists and, and you look at the history for London they were very much boom and bust and, and even, you know even relegated to the second division before they kind of the new ownership uh, and Roger Romberg who kind of went down the line of right we don't have the budget to, to bring in the the big you know big time players use the academy 
and they've worked together to get that academy producing the studs that they have. You know, time and time again, they'll play the CHL for a few weeks and then go off to the training camps in the NHL. I remember when we played them in the, 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 the Thunderbug, six, seven players literally four days later were on planes to North America, a third of the team going to training camps. Um, and he's molded them and turned them into the the most successful club side in recent years. You know, you're looking at three SHL titles, now four CHL titles in five finals that they've been in. Um, you know, now you have the talk of Roger Romberg even being looked at by some NHL teams to be their head coach. He, he's done wonders for that club and, you know, they're a joy to watch. And how they've done it, in the second round, they were five, six goals down at one point to win. Next round, down, pulled it back to win in overtime against BLBN. The round after, down to pull it back. In the final, they were behind. Um, they, uh, Mountfield scored in the first couple of minutes, pulled it back. And they did, the, the phrase, what forms temporary, class is permanent for a Lunder class. And, you know, you just congratulate them on yet another CHL victory. The appropriate what, use of the C-bomb. It is, it is the C-bomb. It is appropriate. And in fairness, I think they've, if you had that in pictorial format, you would have the logo of Frolunda. Because the way they, they've gone about it, and, you know, they've, they've, they've kept, they have good additions. You look at their team, you watch any of the highlights, and it's a load of cage kids. It's just all their academy they're using all the time. But they're stars or the you know, stars that are going to become even bigger stars when, when they do go across to North America. It's a, it's a club and a team and their philosophy of, you know, the youth will bring us the greatness and add pieces too. You, you can't not watch for London and just go, what a hockey club. If ever there is the, the pinnacle in Europe, and I include the KHL in this, if ever there's the pinnacle of how your hockey club should be ran, so I think the blueprint would be for Lunders. And uh, they've uh, just uh, they've finished what has been a good CHL campaign. You know, the, the Czech team again made the final, it lost. Um, you've seen some other, other teams from other countries you'll know, get some good results. So uh, another, another campaign I've enjoyed and... Uh, who knows, after the Elite League season, you know, thanks to Nottingham not winning the Continental Cup, we've only got one spot, one job, guys. Um, who will be the next year's uh, entry from Britain? There's not really much to touch on there. You've pretty much said it all, really. I mean, that game was brilliant to watch. It's showing how take the life out of the game how to pretty much like park the bus but you're not actually parking the bus because you're still going on the attack but you're not you're limiting them to what 18 shots you spent at least about 80% of the, the game in their zone it's just team, like, it's just like an unreal team to watch and like you mentioned with the youth pro- youth product that they've got, they brought three, what, Stallion, plays for Buffalo now. They've got Fagimo, LA, LA Prospect. They've pretty, pretty much got a lot more that's going to be coming down the lines. It's, it's just a, an amazing team to watch. 
Yeah, it was a fantastic final, and uh, you could tell that once Mountfield had had the first goal, you could tell that Thunder a bit were a bit shell shocked. They weren't, weren't really expecting the the speed uh, that Mountfield had, and that that just the game plan quickly, you know, um, and, and they did, and and, that, and that's a team that has done that many times a season like Davis. They've been behind in a lot of games, like right? that change how they play up, and it and it's worked. So. They are not not just the kings, but they are the comeback kings, definitely of Europe. Um, but yeah, just just some some defensive mistakes uh, from Mountfield. I think cost that game. I mean, uh, for example, the third goal was literally uh, Mountfield had one possession, uh, and he just uh, literally taps it forward back back to, to the sort of D man. Uh, wasn't really running down the, around the balls or anything. He was like straight in the middle of the ice not a hard hard sort of pass out either and he goes straight to uh, Eggbaum who delivers an absolute bomb a, a slap a beautiful uh, slap shot from the blue line which had a fantastic hit from Sundstrom uh, which got a third goal and uh, that's why they're the Kings because you know, every mistake you make they'll they'll take advantage of it and that's what Thunder are best at I think both teams had a fantastic game. You know, just had Mountfield be a, been a bit stronger defensively. Uh, and I, I got a few more shots definitely on the, on Matson. I think could have been a, a slightly different story. But once they were one nil up, I thought, you know what, if Mazanets the uh, Mountfield goalie stays, stays strong in this because even though he's let a lot of goals in, he's still got point nine four something save percentage, which is which is pretty good, but end of the day, lack of shots and uh, not the tightest of defensive plays. You know, just just let Flunder back into it and uh, score three on the shot to win it. So yeah, well done for Flunder. Uh, proved me wrong again. I think I thought Munich would would have won it last year as well. So, yeah, me and yeah. you said Munich. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned Mazanek um, because I, I, he was outstanding um, for Mountfield and he was the man of the match uh, for them and. He was before the final. In the eleven games he's played, he was fifteen goals against, which is an outstanding record. Um, and he, he get, you know, he kept it to three at some points when Fulunda was swarming around the net. Some, you know, double, treble saves he was making, and it was it made it look easy. Um, and I know he's he, he was an NHL draft pick within the last year or two. I wouldn't be surprised. If for London, because I know that you're reading different things about their team and their makeup for next year, I won't be surprised if Mazanic may be even looked at by for London for next year to go, okay. you know, because you know, and he he will have the type of game um, to to thrive in the SHL. So who knows? But yeah, that's assuming Lundqvist doesn't retire from the NHL and go and play there for a season. That is assuming that. Um, I can't see it yet. I don't think this year, no. I think maybe, I think New York I think Rangers are in a rebuild at the moment, and I think getting Panarin in, uh, getting Capo, I, I suspect he'll give it a couple of seasons to see if that rebuild comes good. Um, ultimately, for, to my mind, there's two people in the NHL currently 
that are on track to retire without a deserved Stanley Cup. And I think Lundqvist's one, and I would say Joe Thornton is currently the other. Yeah. Um, and I suspect that with them, the Sharks aren't so much in a rebuild um, kind of time, but the Rangers, as I say, have, they've got Panarin, they've got Capo in the, for the second draft pick. Um, I suspect he's going to give it another year or two just to see if that rebuild can can work because they are they're on about trade they're trying to trade Chris Kreider they they are really really trying to start from scratch to build this team up so I suspect he'll wait a little bit longer um, David and Goliath match up this one really from the start um, and I, it says something we put a post up on Facebook and on Twitter uh, to see who you guys thought would would get the win. Um, 80 plus percent across both platforms said they thought for under. Obviously, we were at a 50 50 split. Um, but I mean, Dave, Dave, and Andy, you both said anyway, though. I mean, you both said Mountfield, but you both said that you, you know, it could go either way. It, it was, it was very much a case of it, a feeling that it could happen. But certainly the dominance of Frilunda across the rest of the tournament, even even after being down, was definitely a factor that was that was on the back of your minds, even when saying you thought Mountfield were going to get the W. Absolutely. And it, it, I suppose in that respect, it's a different style of, of winning the CHL than they have done. I think previous times they've, they've kind of dominated from start to end, whereas this year they've had to claw back each and every time. Yeah. And as much as it's like it's not every week of clawing back, it takes it out of you. It's that mental strength of we've got to do it again, you know. And like the second, the, the first knockout round, they were down five, six goals at one stage of the time. So to do that takes a heck of a lot. The time after, um, they they went in overtime. The round after that, the semi-final, they they, they put they, they did a tight one against Lilia. It just as much as I like I said, I just had the feeling that it could be Mountfield that could do it. But the mental strength demonstrated and everything else that they demonstrated tonight and in the tournament, like I said, that just shows why they are the kings of Europe. Mountfield had also got a win against them in the group stage as well. At Mountfield as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I say even saying, to be fair, even saying for London, there was always something in the back of my mind that it could have gone the other way. Um, you know, a lot to be proud of by Mountfield, to be fair. The first... CHL final to be in the Czech Republic. Um, yeah. You know, and to be fair, the giants that are for Lunda, and we, again, for the coin of phrase I used earlier, we absolutely wax lyrical about for Lunda as a team and the strength and dominance that they've shown across the years, and in, in, particularly in the CHL. Um, and we were, we were talking before this about rumours that, that Ron Berg might be wanting to go over to the NHL and how we, we all thought that, that that would be a good fit. Um, to be fair, Mountfield shut them out for two periods, which is no easy task against a team as not not only as strong as a team, but strong in terms of firepower and strong in terms of goal scoring as well. You look at the amount of goals that they've scored in this tournament this year, they're not a team that gets shut out for two periods. Well, if you think about it, in two games against Cardiff, they scored the same amount of goals as Mountfield had shots. Yeah. And your points, valid, and I think that just backs up the performance of Mazanek, mate. Yeah. Um, to keep him at the bay. Because I don't think, I, like Andy said, I don't think it was a stronger defensive performance that Mountfield could have produced. I think they could have 
executed better. Also, I won't say try harder because Christ, you're in a European Cup final. You know, no one's going to criticise you for that. But I think execution could have been a lot better by Mountfield. But Mazanek certainly did. Um, and yeah, yeah. What more can be said? Roll on the draw in May. Let's see if any of the next uh, year's tournament. Yeah, certainly going to be an interesting one, as uh, we always like to keep up on that. I mean, look at the, you look at the shot count, 41 shots to 27. 29 shots on goal to 18. Just mad. Mad. But as you say, 94% save percentage. Um, oh, no, sorry, 94% was for Lunders, but 90% save percentage for Mazanek. Certainly, not, certainly nothing to turn your nose up to. Um are we done then for this year's CHL? Dave, have we got anything else to add? I, I hope Sparta Prague qualify for next year's campaign. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. I second. But yeah, I think the draw is in the gap between the end of the group stage of the world champs. I'm looking at Gref to memorise when it was last year. Um, uh, so between the, the group stage and the knockout stage of the world champs so it'll be held in Zurich I think was it 18th of May last year something like that so we fly back on the 19th so I think the draw will be on the 20th because I think there's like we, we fly back on the, la- there's like the last day of, of games of the group stage so I think the draw is on the 20th or the 21st right and uh, one of four teams, maybe Cardiff for the fourth time on the chart, maybe Belfast again, maybe Sheffield may make a, a reappearance after so many years, or even the Panthers. Just go on, go on. If, if, let's just let's just play Sheffield advocate here. Just give us a cheap Czech Republic team, please. Not five. That's one we can definitely. I, I, I think five are now mathematically unable to win the league. There's, there's a spe- well, given the fact that there's a specific Twitter account dedicated to when five <laughs> next winning games. <laughs> Um, I think Manchester is Manchester mathematically now out of the, of the title race. Possible. I don't know. Sheffield have now mathematically secured their playoff spot. I think. Are they? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I read that the other day. But I don't, I don't know that or not. But yeah, one of the four teams who are in the title race. I can't see them being a fifth one end unless all four teams really, you know, wheels off the wagon. Um, I like the CHL hats they're being given for winning. Oh, they were nice. Yeah. Brilliant. I feel like we should. I feel like we should gain some affiliation with the Champions Hockey League, just with how much we talk about it and how much we uh, we all advocate. Maybe that maybe our, that should be our challenge for for the 2021 campaign to get some form of affiliation. If anybody from the CHL is listening, direct messages on Twitter and we'll uh, we'll send you the address to send the hats to. Um, <laughs> Anything for a free hat, mate. Mate, I ain't going to complain. Um, it's free, but of course not. Moving from his hat. <laughs> moving on from the CHL, then. Um, we move to another disruption in domestic competition. Um, and this one goes to the Cardiff-Belfast uh, doubleheader that's just taken place. Obviously, we said previously it was a 1-0 finish either way. A 1-0 win for the Belfast Giants on Saturday and a 1-0 win for the Cardiff Devils on the Sunday. Um, 
it's been a big weekend for the title race. Like on a, on a side note, big weekend for the title race. Split points for Cardiff, no points for Sheffield. Nottingham beating Sheffield. It's, it's getting it's getting close. So what we said the last one is at the Olympic break you'll know where and when. We so <laughs> you know that in terms of you know where teams are going to go and when you can actually go that's when that team could win. Like I said, you can't. However, I think as much as Sheffield get no points this weekend, as much as the Giants and the Devils splitting the points, as much as Panthers getting four points, I actually think it was a bizarrely good weekend for the Steelers. Here's why. As much as they've lost the ground... No, 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 no. Rewind, rewind. You've got to do that as Bryn. If you're going to say it like that, you've got to go with, I'll tell you for why. Okay, I'll tell you for why. God, this, uh, pod, this podcast has gone down the drain. Um, if I did have the first one, but we've carried on. It has very much so. Um, so yeah, I because I think now the three teams have got the chance, they're going to still be competitive. I think had Sheffield won both games and Belfast won both games, as much as Cardiff still would have the shout, I think the pressure of the, having to get the points on the games in hand may have told a bit more, and I think they'd have lost ground quicker. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to catch up, and it's, it is Sheffield's... It's no way near shape form guaranteed. However, if you look at it from a Sheffield perspective only, you go, them three are still going to have to play each other, they're going to have to be competitive because they think if we step up, they can do it. Thank you very much. And we still got two games against Cardiff as well. We've got uh, the, like I said, the weekend, the first weekend in March, uh, away, and then the final game of the final season. Final game. The f- oh, Jesus Christ, final game of the Come, season. It comes down to that. Oh, my God. <sighs> I think even Griff will come over for that game. Possibility. You play us the night before. Yeah. So you won't have a home game. Exactly. So that's the final game of the season, because that's when you'll know if you're in the playoffs or not. No, that's when they'll know they're not in the playoffs. I was giving them a chance, but you're no, right. I don't. Um, but yeah, so, but from a Cardiff perspective, I think they may be a little bit disappointed. I think if they'd have won the series this weekend, I think that would have really given them that emphasis and that jump to go. They play Coventry and Guildford in, after the break, and that will really, you know, give them that that kickstart to to go forth. Um, not so much Belfast disappointed with the split. I think they're, they're I think they're now the outside of the four. Uh, the Panthers under the radar. They are so under the radar, it's unreal, but scarily under the radar. Um, Said this all the way through, though. You have. I will, I will say you've got what something right for once. Um, but they really just they've just snuck underneath, uh, and they're just doing it. They're doing things very unnottingham like. But again, they're winning games. Well, winning games, but also it's the way they're winning games. They're winning in 1-0, 2-1, not 7-6 or 7-5, where they did before, or 5-1, as a break from the norm. But that kind of, the, the grinding out results, the, the defensively tight, whereas before it was, you score 6, we'll score 10, that kind of mentality. Um, and I, I just think, you know, as much as I'm looking forward to the Olympic qualifiers, Get back in this title race because this is, well, this is one hell of a ride, and 
buckle up because the twists and turns that we're going to see are going to be ridiculous and not for the faint-hearted. Yeah, 100%. Um, swerving this back to um, a bit of an impromptu title race discussion. Uh, I'm swerving this back to the next point on the agenda uh, is actually Flaggate. We discussed Drumgate part one and part two. Um, we now have Flaggate. Whoever going into this season ever thought that we'd end up having Flaggate and Drumgate? How ridiculous have the times become? Peggate as well. Peggate, yeah. Though I'll I mean, say that, yeah, that's just I'll an say entirely different story. If, if for those who, who haven't seen, the Steelers have started doing this steel chat and they do they interview first Michael Davies and he actually answers why he does that with the pegs. So it's worth watching just for that story alone because it's, it's a little funny one. Um, 35 minutes long, isn't it? 24. Oh, okay. I, I highballed that, that a little bit. Around that ballpark figure. Um, yeah, I remember flag- looking at it and going, that's too long for me to listen to at work. Flaggate. Wow. But they, that is peak UK hockey fan. It's embarrassing. You have to, you got to go to Belfast to enjoy yourself. Not to complain about the flags. In fact, for the, in fact this time it wasn't from a Steelers fan. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, of all places to complain about flags, I mean, they've got expertise on complaining about flags. They say it themselves. So for someone to go over as a, as a guest to go over to Belfast, go, we want to complain about flags. <laughs> yeah, go on then. In the bin. There you go. Haven't Cardiff um, started using flags? Yes. But they have the moral righteousness as some of their fan bases started to demonstrate. No, so I want to go. know. However... They've asked about fire regulations and about the the implications with the flags in the fire regulations. So what I now want to know is, in the Viola Arena in Cardiff, is there any mention of flags in the fire regulations? And more importantly, if there is, does it specifically quote Block 13? Because if so, I think a statement needs to go out to the rest of the blocks to complain about that. It depends if they're EU-regulated flags because they can't burn. Therefore, it'd be fine, and we could just be exclusive, never mind inclusive. If they're not, then I suspect uh, a penned statement may need to be uh, done again. Maybe don't talk about EU regulated flags the following podcast following Brexit. Why not? <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it's rename the podcast memories, huh? the Brexit edition. Um, and moving on, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I and in fairness, and the guy who did it then tried being smug about it on Twitter. I, I, yeah, again. It's, like, it's like your typical social media post, isn't it, where somebody posts something, gets slated for it, and so in a full backtrack and trying to cover their own backside, they then put a gif about somebody fishing to try and make out as if that's what they were doing. Oh, we need a bigger boat. We've got a good one here. Yeah, that type of stuff that needs to be put in the bin. There's a lot of stuff going in the bin at the minute. Frank, in fairness, thankfully, it's the um, it's the bin emptying day tomorrow, so we can get rid of it. It's fine, we can use it for the week after. Speak for yourself, ours is on Monday. Actually, ours is Thursday, but the podcast is on Wednesday. Oh, that's all right then. Ours is never. <laughs> Where's yours, Bruce? Griff uh, lives in Manchester. Mo- Monday. They just on the street. Monday. <laughs> I'm actually wow. serious of apologies to anybody listening from Manchester on that one. <laughs> apologies for absolutely nothing. I'll say it for you, mate. 
<laughs> I feel like Andy on that episode again, apologising to the hypothetical Thomas Cook buyer. <laughs> so apologise to Thomas Cook, uh, people. Apologise to vegans today, and apologise to people from Manchester. There's a lot of apologies. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, cars we've got to send out. Thomas Cook, vegans, vegans and Manchester. What a trio. Probably a question you probably get on Mock the Week. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like Frankie Boyle having that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, flag uh, regulations. Don't go to hockey games asking that information. Come on, guys and girls, we're better than this. I mean, we've, we've, we've shown so many... That's the scary thing. Well, that's what I'm going to say. You know, we've had many demonstrations of why we, as hockey fans collectively, are not allowed nice things. Add this to the list. Should be embarrassed. Oh, I don't like the flags. I need to... Oh, sh- you embarrass yourself. I'd love to... I'd, you know, if it's heard and someone's go, oh, they've, they've slagged off the flag gate, I'd love that justification. I'd love to see it. If we get a justification, we'll get that justification on the podcast for all oh, to hear. Oh, well. And in fact, the agenda, one item. Because I'm sure we'll spend an hour dissecting and discussing the merits and non-merits of that justification. I feel like I want to go full Jim Parsons mode. I want to start off by going, and this is my fancy Zambonis. My fancy Zamboni presents Fun With Flags. <laughs> <laughs> To all of the uh, the Big Bang th- uh, Theory fans out there, you're welcome. And to all of those that don't, um, Google it. <laughs> yeah. Do we really have anything else to add on Flaggate? Because I, I really, I don't, I can't, I don't even have anything I can say. Uh, it, it, it's just mad. I just no words. It's done Belfast wrong. Correct. Says the person who hasn't been to Belfast yet. And I know not to complain about flags. That's good. Point still remains. Oh, it's not going to happen now, is it? No, it's not the I got to I mean, says I actually found a, fa- a photo from a time hop of me and Andy in Belfast with a fancy dress. God. <laughs> Andy looks young. I was young, wasn't I? I, was I know. 18, I think. 18, 19, yeah. The effects of alcohol on chicken nuggets have done to you, mate. Oh no! Thanks, guys. So what were we saying anyway? You were saying that in terms of Belfast, Greth's passed his theory, but now needs to pass his practical. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I need to actually know he needs to the hazard perception. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm sure we'll be able to get Joe to help me with that one. Yes, bet she will. Anything else to add on flags? I'm done. Sound. The next thing we have is the EIHL Situation Room. Now, I presume this is going to start some controversy given recent uh, developments, shall we say. But I'll give a brief breakdown of what they've said. Um, At its monthly meeting on the 21st of January, the Elite Ice Hockey League Board approved the use of the EIHL Situation Room Totally not plagiarised from the NHL. Um, they said a pilot had been in place since New Year's Eve, 
Uh, and the Situation Room setup ensures that each game is watched in full by a member of the EIHL Situation Room staff and game supervisors both on and off-site. It's basically a team of coaches, officials, player safety staff with a lot of experience, um, NHL, AHL, ECHL, Europe, um, and they basically watch the games in real time and make decisions um, on what should and shouldn't be reviewed. The idea for a start is to stop coaches from having to put a review request in themselves. Uh, apparently, it was deemed that coaches weren't putting in requests as frequently as they possibly like to because they weren't sure on the full procedure and there were inconsistencies with how that was being carried out. Um, another thing that it's allowed is for a number of teams to be given official warnings in relation to diving. They're able to, because they're reviewing in real time, assess when they think a player's diving. Um, apparently, it's a three-stage process, um, and the, the the end result to that is essentially that individual players can be can be fined uh, for conduct in relation to diving. Um, I'll not. We'll keep the the reference to the recent event out of this for now. Just as a whole, in principle, first, what do we think to this? What do we think to the idea? I think it's a good idea. Um, and whether it's ripped off from the NHL or not, I, I think it's better that you have an independent set of people reviewing the games. Um, of course, we're never going to accept that it's independent because, of course, there'll be, you know, Sheffield on it or Carnival on it, which would be the argument back and forth. But as a concept, I like it. I like the direction because it's, like I say, it's not the emphasis is on the coach to say, I want that check-in. You've got people who have refereed or played at decent level of hockey to understand the game, to look at stuff and go, right, that needs looking at, review that he's looking at review actually that's not that bad a play don't review that concept yeah i'm all for that yeah it seems like it in principle be a good idea be a great idea it'll help the the refs down the line it should help them because they should bring up some with some training you'll also takes the pressure off the coaches from going, I want that reviewed, that reviewed, that reviewed. And then getting it sent back and saying, yeah, it's inconclusive. So it starts their wasting their time. And in the principle of all of it, I'm all for it. And also, Joe, I think you should probably be like the audiobook intro person with your intro then for reading off the Elite League website. <laughs> yeah, it could be I could be a good audio book reader, I think. I think I think it's great. Uh you know. Uh the, the best part about it has gotta be um Tom Perry or someone doing a Wes McCauley going to Santa Rise going after video I review saving that the pub did not cross the line we got to a goal. I think that'd be fantastic. Can you imagine the anti-climax of having, like, Yorkshire voice or something? <laughs> After you put it on, you play, yeah. call an I stands, it's a goal. Crack on, face off. There you go. Nah, we, we go even more Yorkshire than that. We've been requested to do a video review, but we've decided that it's going to cost us a bit more money, so we've just made a decision on ice, and we're going to stick with that. 
<laughs> After review, we determined that that was dangerous from Davey. So that's <laughs> Maybe after further review, it's been determined that the goalie says "bomb cake," and so it's not a goal because we all know it's a break. <laughs> Disagree. That's a different That's another... for a different podcast. Confirm. I th- I think it's a good idea. I, I think right, I, when. I say in jest that it's totally not being stolen from the NHL, but I, I think we'd be better off as a league to steal more things from the NHL. Um, it's the best league in the world for a reason. Yes, it's got its flaws, but this generally, I think, is a good idea. I like the fact that you can start to review players in terms of diving. I think there's more and more of that kind of cropping up. Um, also, things like, like I said last episode about players turning into the boards as a hit comes in, also something else that can be monitored with that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the first player to be fined for diving was either um, Brendan Connolly or Michael Davies, who appear to sometimes like to sell the sell the hit or sell a high stick a little bit more. Um, but on the whole, I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Um and I, and I think it, it's something that we should have moved to sooner rather than later. But, yeah, I don't really know what else I can add, to be fair. I also think it then allows for some kind of, and I'm not by any means saying this to the extent that some people have been saying on social media, but I also think it allows some kind of regulation and training for the referees as well. Um, you can also then start to review what has and hasn't been called and you can start to refer that back into the referee, whereas previously that necessarily wouldn't have been the case. Uh, but at the same time, I think we need to keep a lot of onus on the fact that the referee makes the decision and it needs to not undermine what the referees are doing. I think that's the, that's the key core of what they need to keep with this. They need to make sure that the referee isn't being undermined by, by this EIHL situation room. Um, but good idea in principle. So now we move on to the application and prime example coming out over social media over the last few days, uh, we go back to Belfast, Cardiff, and that game, uh, or the games over the weekend. Uh, and I think in this respect, let me just double check, I believe it was the Sunday game uh, in which there was a big hit that came in from Mariamaki, uh, looked suspiciously like a hit to the head. Um, and we were all saying before we started doing the podcast that we'd expect that to be a significant ban. And currently, it's looking like it's not going to be any ban at all. So what do we think? I'd love to know if there's a camera angle opposite the one that's been available, um, because that's the only way I can see that no ban is given. Um, if, If there isn't, I am well and truly lost for words um, I could answer that but I'm not sure it's terminology or language appropriate for this podcast I, this I'm that baffled baffled disappointed outraged it's not even yeah, triggered it's, it's beyond much. that 
Oh, the pitchforks are already from yeah, it. We've we'll, we'll, we'll the castle. Um, I'd like to think, as a collective, we've been fair on dops in terms of what they've given out. We've, we've, you know, we've defended them when they've been good. We've said, you know, you've dropped the ball. We've tonight the Razors quite a lot, I think, this season. <laughs> exactly. You know, we've. Um, I, I think if, I, I, yeah. Griff and it's at the I don't think I've think, ever seen Dave this lost for words before. I, I, I'm not. I'm lost for words to do it in a way which is appropriate for this podcast. Let's put it that way. I think that that may just demonstrate how uh, baffled. We'll use that word. Dumbfounded. Go with that. I mean, if there is no ban for that, you're gonna get the. As we've mentioned before, before, before the record, we started recording, it's going to be like the threat of 2.0. It's going to cause an uproar from pretty much almost every fan base. Unless, obviously, there's an angle that doesn't show what we can see on the one angle we've seen. There's not really much we can go off apart from just that one angle. Until something's made official, then I guess we can only say it's like hearsay for the time being. Of course. I just hope they're still trying to, trying to decide the length of the ban. If they don't, give anything after all this time for that then how do you justify giving Ben O'Connor two games for what he did how do you, how do you justify giving Sam Jones one game for what he did Shame Jones. I, I refer to my uh, billboard uh, comment earlier is, is where do you draw a line between you know between food and a pet well, where do they draw the line between what's harming a player and what isn't I mean, look what happened to, to Cook when he ended up with a concussion after that. It was a full-blown, although it said it wasn't, you know, a, a, a static elbow like like it was with Ben O'Connor and uh, and Sam Jones. It, it was moving at speed and then delivering the elbow to the head and then straight into the glass after that. So how did you get a result instantly from the other two, but not from this one, which I think is a lot a lot worse, especially when you're coming at speed. Let's say the, the, unless there's a view from the other side, which hasn't been made available, that shows shoulder contact first. That's the only thing I can think of. It's the only logical explanation I can apply. Apart if, from that, I'm with you though, mate. If it, is a, yeah. if it is a case, then I think they should be able to look at the other as well. I think if, if you've got if you haven't got one at a point of time, you should be at least shown one after. Because if you've, if you've got yeah. both ends available, then use them. If you haven't, then fair enough. But because if you've got them... They, so... may, be using, they may be using them. We just don't have that view yet. And I'd rather the league and the and DOPS and all them use all the views first before we see it. Let them go for it, then make it available. And let the court of public opinion decide. Yeah. Like, Slash let people start tweeting the NHL. Already happening. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, 
But if nothing comes of this, then that's just that's ridiculous. At the start of the season, Dops were I thought consistent, but now they've just that's just gone out the whole window for me. That that harms the consistency that they've yeah, had, yes, massively. Does. And that'd be disgusting to call yourself a, a player protection uh, sort of system when you're not protecting your players and things like. It it comes into question the actual definition of player protection, doesn't it? Particularly when your department of player safety are also then dishing out two free match bans for openly showing disrespect to the league, or however they phrased it with the Gagnon and Davies incident. Yes. And you put in two free match bans on those, but then a player can check a guy straight to the head and get zero. It's just the mind boggles. Never before has our league shown itself to make such good steps forward and then take 20 steps back at the same time. It, it never before has it looked to be moving to new stages of professionalism, followed by unexplored areas of amateurism at the same time. We make a great step forward to bring in this, the situation room. Fantastic idea. People reviewing the situation in real time, watching the whole game. Any incidents deemed for review. Bearing in mind this would have been reviewed under previous categories anyway, because it was a game misconduct for checking to the head which was the call at the time. So that would have automatically been reviewed prior to the EIHL situation room. So what we're actually saying on this is that it has been reviewed and it's been deemed at no further action, presuming that it continues with no ban. It's just mad. And as I say, making such steps forward to become a more professional league and bringing in this new idea of the situation room and then completely ignoring such a hit. It, it's unreal. Absolutely unreal. Uh, I, I just don't even know what you can see. Looking at it from the angle on the video that was tweeted, there is no way on God's earth that contact was anywhere but the head in the first instance. Um, and Simsy's tweeted to say that they've heard that there's going to be no ban. So uh, it's just... There's a few that I've seen um, Belfast folk who are in the know, who are involved in the relevant circles, who are saying exactly the same. And I just looked at the video again and I've tried slowing it down. Yeah. I stand by my comment unless there's a view from the opposite end that's been available that actually says it's the shoulder, the contact first, which then causes the neck to whiplash as it has done because the neck does go because of the contact. If it's the shoulder first that's done it, and there's no ban on that. Yeah. Do you know, Free who, rain, who, do you know who, does, who, who does the decisions for that? Um, this is... Um, I think it's even more of a grey area now they've brought in the situation room. It's never really been publicised. Well, well, the situation room rev- refers to DOPS. So the situation yeah, room true, doesn't... Yeah. The, the situation room doesn't... And I like that, if I'm honest. Yes, yeah, um, so do I. So they, they refer, we want you to look at this. And then I think, I think, and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll put my hands up. It's an ex-Austrian referee who is in charge along with other people. So he oversees, because I think he does it as well for uh, different leagues as well. So he may be the dops for the Elite League, but he also could be the dops for the EBL. It could be the dops for DL. He may have a few different leagues as, as, as their portfolio, shall we say. Um, and I, I, memory says, right, I think it is an ex-Austrian referee, but a highly experienced 
Austrian referee um, who oversees that. So I think he oversees and kind of rubber stamps what they decide. But I think the, the, like the, the small, the kind of the next level down is maybe more local based. I'm, I'm going off memory and my memory could be wrong. So please don't quote me on that. Um, I think that's how it's how DOPS is done. And if I'm fairness, and I know you're not asking this question, mate, I don't want to know who it is. I, I can't, I can't get damn who it is. We've got people an want, NHL people style. Want people want to know so they can tweet them. Yeah, that's true. You want to know they can tweet them so they all the message them. You've got that wrong. What do you know? I, I, I don't. I can't give. I can't give a damn who, who runs DOPS. Even if I disagree with what they're going to do, I, I don't care. I don't want to know. It's irrelevant, really. Exactly, it is. Yeah. But yeah, we're going we're going NHL style. Like they've got George Paros as head of NHL Dobbs. We've actually got Brad Voth, Derek Campbell, and Divin Didiamet as the uh, as the head of the uh, Elite League Dobbs. Oh, who was the Coventry guy who always fought? Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen. Imagine that for running Dobbs. Brilliant. <laughs> Can we throw in Matt Nickerson in there as well? Just for oh, yeah, <laughs> he he specialises in offering antics and, uh, and and the decisions in relation to those. Um, or oh, oh, Jen... oh, he could have Grimaldi. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Use of illegal equipment. <laughs> Brilliant, gents. I, I I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I'm, I'm in favour of moving away from this now. Yes, it's, yeah. it's actually really quite infuriating. Um, at just how poor it is if this doesn't get a ban. Um, cool. I seriously, seriously hope, and the last thing I'll say on this, I seriously, seriously hope that if the decision has been to, to make no decision, make no ban on this, I seriously, seriously hope that that is reconsidered because how amateur does this make our league look when we're letting a hit go like that? It, it makes it open season. Yeah. I'm also quite disappointed that nobody did anything about it. But that's the norm now, isn't it? It, it? it is. It is. We can, we can have this conversation until we're blue in the face. But, you know, as you say, that is hockey now. But you would hope that that kind of hit would get some retribution. And it's going to move back to that. That's the bottom line. They want to promote skill and speed or whatever it is. They're, they're not going to police these kind of hits. The players are going to do it instead. Simple as that. Um. So moving away from that, and as you say, we'll go to goal line technology. So we're sticking with the video replay for now. Um, two things to say about it. One's more positive, one's more negative. We'll go with the positive first. Um, in the Belfast-Cardiff game on a Sunday, um, a lot of Belfast-Cardiff game-related uh, conversation coming up in this podcast. But um, in the Belfast-Cardiff game on a Sunday, there was a review on the goal that Cardiff scored um, because there was some contact between the Cardiff player and uh, Shane Owen. Shane Owen stepped out of his crease as a Cardiff player was making a direct line past the past the crease. Uh, the Cardiff player made contact with Shane Owen's glove, which he extended just as the Cardiff player was skating past. Um, the decision on the ice was a goal. The decision on the ice from video review was a goal. Uh, and they actually tweeted the video from the goal line technology camera to show the angle and they actually said the three reasons that it was considered a goal was because the, the contact was um, prompted by Shane Owen, who extended his glove. The Cardiff player didn't change the line of where he was skating, and Shane Owen was stepping out of his crease at the time, and the contact occurred outside of the crease. Spot-on application of the GLT, uh, and 
really, really good to put that on Twitter and, and show people exactly how that decision's been made. This is the content I live for. Absolutely spot on, to the point, everything about it. Whether you agree with the decision or not, that is 10 out of 10. Nobody else has anything to add on that. So that <laughs> move on to the negative of it. And I guess if we want to discuss GLT, we can bring it in as a topic. Um, Guildford, uh, Steelers game on Sunday down in Guildford. Um, Duba wants a call for a high stick on the goal. Um, to coin a phrase that used by, I think it was Alan Glarenbold on Twitter, but I think it was quite a good analogy. That it looked at one point like he was trying to do the YMCA. Um, because he was waving his arms about in pretty much every direction he could. Um, no goal line technology review, no review under play because there wasn't any available to review. Um, looking at the EIHL ruling on goal line technology and video review, um, they have said, I'm just trying to find it here, uh, it's also important to remind everyone across the league that game officials can only review the angles they are provided by teams in each arena. We continue to urge teams to make all angles available for the game officials, especially those that are part of online streaming. Only providing limited angles reduces the scope of video reviews. For example, a high stick has to be called on the ice if there is only the overhead angle available. We will continue to work with Team uh, Team GM's series starting off on my watch. Um, we will continue to work with Team General Managers to provide a consistent set of review angles. Um, so basically from that, um, there's no stipulation from the league that any other angles have to be available. And if it's a high stick and there's no other angle available other than the overhead, then it's not going to be reviewed. So does that not give the home team a significant advantage as to what angles they are making available? I think it does, yeah. I mean, speak to someone that's actually just used the software itself and knows, well, obviously, the sight lines are going to be like, especially in Manchester anyway, it's quite difficult for officials to see that it is a actual high stick. From our, our rink anyway, I'm not, I'm not too sure about other rinks. So obviously I've not seen this, how they, where their cameras are and how they use the software. But it's, I mean, to be fair, before they tweeted out that it was not mandatory that you have to have goal technology for, that game, for the games, I actually thought it was. I mean, we have it every week. Without fail, we make sure it's working. I think most teams around the league make sure it's working. And yeah, there is a few issues on the software itself that the actual company that made the software are aware of. And obviously, Andy's favourite, it's on a Lenovo laptop. But it's it is a, a pretty much like a yeah home advantage although I'm pretty sure they have the, the home team has to tell the officials and obviously the team representatives so in your case 
Aaron Fox. They have to. I'm pretty sure they have to inform them that they it's they haven't got GLT for that night. So if they haven't, then obviously the fault lies there. But it's. It's a lot better than what it was a few years ago. No one had GLT. But my argument with it is, though, my argument with that is uh, when there were teams that had video review facilities available and they weren't allowed to use them until it had been rolled out across the whole league and they weren't allowed to use them until every team had it in place so that no one team had a specific advantage over the other. What was the point in doing that if now we're going to say, actually, you've got more angles than you have, so if you've got angles available, we'll use that. If you've only got the overhead, then we can only really review if it's gone over the line. It just, it's like consistently inconsistent. It, it just seems pointless. It really is, but it's just how the league is for the time being. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much we can do. I mean, the team's Go after the tweet that they put they posted out. The teams actually voted not to make it mandatory. So if they're not gonna, if teams are voting against making it mandatory, I mean, I don't know who's actually voted against them. Those kind of stipulations. It's as fans, we we pretty much have to sit down and take it. Um, it's unfortunate, but just how it is. I think this is probably the first uh, rule change that probably should happen from next season. If if you're the only team or, or the only one of two teams that hasn't got those available, but the rest has, I, I kind of think, well, no, it's 2020, 2020 now. Uh, the teams have had time to, to get theirs. They've got all their set up. Now it's time for you to do yours. Because when, if you're going to have, have those available to all teams, then it's worth it should be worth having for the other team as well. Um, that's just what I don't understand. If if you rest of the league are using it, then why aren't why aren't you? So that's probably one thing I would get a change next season is to, is to have it mandatory. Yeah. So it. Do we all think that it should be mandatory? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes makes sense. What's the point in doing it if it's not mandatory? I have the set standard across. If it's not working on the night, then that's the different kind of fish. But have a set standard. You know, you declare what angles you can provide because of what the facility your venue gives, and you provide it. Almost seems intentionally counterproductive, doesn't it? Like, why would you have that kind of system in place, but then say, oh, you can use it if you want? It's like, kind of like two steps forward, but three steps back. Yeah. Quite a common with this league, isn't it? Yeah. Has its moments, yeah. yes. As, as we get later and later through the season this year, we seem to be seeing more and more flaws to the way the league's being run at the moment, and it's it's quite concerning at times. It's, it's when you see them do stuff that's really positive and has a positive impact, and then, yeah, it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. It's, it's like we're given a. It's like we're given the the pipeline, the the pipe the pipe dream, followed by, like the awakening, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, yeah. this is what we want. Oh, but actually, no, this is still happening. Um, yeah, quite sad, really. Anybody, anything else to add on GLT? 
um, which sounds like a really poor attempt at a bacon lettuce and tomato. Um, <laughs> anything else? No. So the last thing before we head to predictions that I've got on the agenda is the Finity interview. I'm only going to whiz through it because I'm conscious of time. Uh, but we spoke last week about the Andrew Lord interview post-game um, and about how that was... He just couldn't acknowledge the performance of the team. Ryan Infinity comes in a week later after the uh, the Steelers' storm game, says, hold my beer, uh, and goes out onto the interview to say numerous times, alleging that the Steelers have been diving, saying that Academy Awards should be handed out to players because of ways that they've sold certain issues. Um, just the height of sore loser, really. Just no excuse. Knows the fan base aren't going to be happy to lose another game to the Steelers. What can I say? Yes. I mean, I've seen that one of the incidents that was in question, one of the incidents in question was uh, was a high stick on Michael Davies. Doesn't necessarily look like it makes contact. If a player, one thing you've got to bear in mind, and Andy, you'll, you'll agree with me on this for a start, a player putting his head back because of a high stick that doesn't make contact isn't indicative to a player trying to sell a high stick. If you see that stick coming straight towards your face, your first reaction is to whip your head back to try and avoid the contact. And that's, I think, one of the things in the league. The referee calls the reaction, and the issue there is the referee. The issue isn't the player snapping his head back, because that isn't, you guarantee in the second that that happens, that isn't the player thinking, I'm going to sell that this has hit me in the face here. That's the player thinking, I'm going to avoid this hitting me in the face. A lot of the time, at least. But I just, I had just heard the interview and just thought it just, to me, it just it was another one of those things that you just think. I'm surprised it's actually not being reviewed and potentially fined on because it just doesn't. It's not a good look for the league. I, I just think it's still, it made me laugh. And then you have the fact who the goal, who the netminder is, and his theatrics in that game as well. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, made me laugh. It's uh, I, I think it's a, a different tactic to try and alleviate some of the pressure off Manchester in their playoff push because they may not make the playoffs. Um, you know, it's a tactic that coaches will do to try, you know, keep, keep the heat off um, these guys. So we'll know at the end of March if it worked. But yeah, that was embarrassing. Maybe me laugh though. Was quite funny. I mean, both parts were quite embarrassing. Michael Davis and Skinner. But there's also, like he was mentioning a lot about saying the league needs to do something about diving in the league. It's getting as bad as football. And then once it like probably like a week or so after something like that, they Lesh. actually came out and said, "Oh, yeah. it left." Yeah. Come out and said, "Oh yeah, we've actually cautioned people for diving already." It's fair play to the league for actually saying, yeah, we've actually done something anyway. Yeah. I, mean, I just hope that Matt Jin's one of the people that's been warned. Also, I mean, did you not see his trip against Guildford when he told Pat C.I.? No. That was, Repeat. That was, he was going to the bench for a, a delayed penalty call and completely told Pat C.I. himself. Repeat offender. Brilliant. Quite funny. I think there's a GIF on Twitter somewhere about it. And I will be looking for that. 
<laughs> Andy, got anything else to add on this one? Yeah, just stupid. Um, I, I didn't listen to the full interview because, well, I, I, I could sort of guess what what was coming anyway through. Uh, I found it quite humorous. I won the um, the reaction side, the uh, Steelers TV bit, where it humorously cut short on him. You could sort of think, well, here we go again. If here comes the excuses, and yeah, you, you can tell the pressure's on him a bit. Um, you know, he's, he's had a string of losses and uh, been Manchester's coach for the last two, three seasons now. So if if if, if they don't make the playoffs, then I don't think he'll be around much longer. So I think he, you know, he's, he's got partial it. owner as well, though, isn't he? Or have I made that up? I think he is, yeah. Right. Well, there's still pressure on him at the end of the day. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, yeah. Especially with uh, Todd Utium now, I mean, uh, pressure must really be on him. Um, but yeah, just just to make excuses like that, just to try and save yourself, it's just, no, it's not on. Not on at all. And especially with someone who played, played for Sheffield, you know, and has a, a big respect uh, by the fans of Sheffield now, especially for that head shave that he did. But then to come out with comments like this, it's just, why? What's What's the point? Gwyneth, have you mentioned us in the comment on the gif of Matt Jin falling over by any chance? I have, yes. <laughs> Looks like he's trying to do the front crawl. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm, I'm just baffled by the whole thing. I, I, Andy, you, again, you've hit the nail on the head with it, because I think it's indicative of a player that can't stand losing to his old team. I think that's that's the one. Obviously, as you say, he's under the pressure of getting the wins anyway. You know, the fan base don't like losing to Sheffield in the same way that Sheffield don't like losing to Manchester and Nottingham. And then also, you've got the coach who's bitter because he doesn't want to lose to his old team. And it all just comes together as one in this embarrassing post-match interview. Um, Staffed. Anyway, um, moving on from that, that's the, the last thing that I've got on my agenda, gents. Anybody got anything else that they want to add? Or are we good to move on to predictions? Have we got a story from Stafford? So Stafford stories comes after predictions. Just, just giving the, uh, the the ten minute reminder. Play Stafford, get your story ready. Okay. Um. Right, Dave, you writing these down then for me? Yeah. So, so Friday the seventh of what? Well, we're we going normal order. So Andy, Greff, you, and then me. Sound. So Friday the 7th of Feb, we've got Coventry Guildford in Coventry. 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 I feel like almost the need with the way you keep saying it. When you go to a Coventry game and they go, Coventry, please, Coventry, please, Coventry, please. I feel like they need to go, Coventry. Sorry, Coventry. <laughs> please. Um, Saturday the 8th we've got Glasgow Manchester in Glasgow Glasgow Manchester I'm with you though I'm going to go Manchester ah, so am I I'm with you as well Manchester it is um, and then we've got Fife Dundee in Fife Dundee 
Don't forget as well, five four Flash Gordonless. Yeah. And they're probably going to still be winless because it's Dundee. Dundee. Yeah, fully expect to be turning Twitter on on the Sunday morning and seeing no being tweeted again. So yeah, I'm going to go Dundee as well. <laughs> Um, then Sunday, the 9th, we've got Dundee, Guildford in Dundee. Uh, Guildford. Dundee. Dundee. I'm with Andy on this one, Guildford. Uh, then we've got Manchester 5 in Manchester. 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 And again, another tweet of no as we go <laughs> Manchester again. Uh, the last one we'll throw in there because uh, it's Wednesday. Obviously, we generally record on Thursday, with today being the exception. So, Wednesday the 12th, Manchester, Nottingham in Manchester. Nottingham. Manchester. You're like that little kid out of in between us. Manchester, Manchester. Uh, Nottingham. Nottingham for me as well. So that's the end of predictions. Um, I think so. Nobody, any, anybody, any, anything else that I've missed out? Anything else to add, or do we go over to to Mr. Stafford? Thought maybe we've done the Olympic qualifiers. I haven't got the games in front of me for that, but if you want to run through, feel free. <laughs> okay. Um, Hungary, Estonia. Andy? Oh, well, um, Hungary? Maybe. Get yourself some food then. <laughs> I'm, I'm thirsty as well, so. Oh, fair play. No, it's Tuesday today, mate. Thursday's when we usually do it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Hungary. Same here. I'm peckish as well. <laughs> yeah, Hungary. And then GB Romania. GB. Uh, sorry, I guess. GB. You're not sorry at all. But neither am I, GB. And neither am I. I'm going to go Gub. <clears throat> okay, then. Hungary, Romania. Hungary. Same here. Same here. And then GB Estonia. GB. 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 And then Estonia, Romania. It's right that I don't know. I just don't know. Um, can't, you just, can't you just tell we're expecting the two front runners to be GB and Hungary? Yes. <laughs> I'd probably say Estonia. Oh. I'm going to say Romania. See, I'm going to go Romania as well. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going with Romania as well. Oh, of course. Sorry, Andy. Not sorry. And then GB Hungary. 
Yippee. I said that. GB. I was thinking, do I do I say overtime or do I say regulation? Well, we've already done overtime regulation. Well, you could just say GB, and then if you no matter what the result is, you're right. GB overtime, yeah. Robert Farmer. <laughs> See, I'm going to say GB, Robert Farmer. Fifteen point six seconds left. Okay. In the third. Joseph. It's very formal. Um, GB, I think. There we go. Well, what did you say? GB, I already said. Sorry, I didn't hear you. That's why I didn't answer straight away, because I'd not heard you answer. Um, Yeah, happy with predictions now. Have I forgotten anything else? No, you've not forgotten anything else now. That's okay. No problem. Don't want to talk about the upcoming Borlocky games or local rec teams or anything like that? No. No, okay, no. no. All right, okay, no pops then. All right, well let's let's move over to Andy then. Um, I don't I don't think I'm going to put the theme tune in this week, Andy, simply because it adds about half an hour onto it being uploaded. So, um, <laughs> without further ado, we're going to go over to Mr. Andy Stafford for Stafford Stories. Uh, what a shame about the theme tune. Uh, yeah, I, I'll show the All Stars one. Uh, it was hilarious. It was last year in Cardiff. Uh, it's a it's Saturday a night. We all go really tense. <laughs> Don't worry, it's PC to a certain point, I think. Yeah, we come back from um, the <laughs> press party on the Saturday night. <laughs> you know, from uh, the laughter that everyone realizes what story this is. Yeah. It's a belter. Uh, very funny. So, so we're, we're about to go, go, go upstairs, as, as you do, uh, to, to bed or to have more drinks in the room, whichever tickles your fancy, really. The, have you ever sounded more camp? Why did Ryland join the podcast? Anyway, um, <laughs> we're about to head upstairs, and uh, we just noticed uh, someone... There was like two or three stag parties I think that we were sharing the same hotel with. Uh, so as, as we were in the lobby about to, you know, get a list up, up, up to the rooms, um, these guys come down and and uh, they basically uh, just plonk someone who's tied up to a chair in the middle of the lobby and then they go back upstairs. And uh, he's literally just tied with nothing but his underwear on and uh yeah security were letting this happen as well there was no yeah. in- interference from them Greg <laughs> showed me the, the video now and it's uh it's just hilarious and then uh i'm i'm not going to mention names because i don't want to be caught. <laughs> he's but, learned uh, from others mistakes <laughs> yeah. a very good friend of ours um lovely chap lovely chap <laughs> uh, you might want to clean your nose there, Andy. I ain't seen this much creeping to the judge since last year. <laughs> wow. Um, very good friend size. Uh, just give him a lap dance. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious. It's just amazing. Yeah, just a, a very, very funny night. That. Especially when we, when we come back to our room, me and Graf, and uh, he's on there on that floor. He got moved. Onto that floor, 
still on the chair, tied up. Wasn't that the point where security actually decided yeah. to untie him and let I'm him I'm like, Griff, you've got to come outside. Is that why? Just look. No, and the reason... The reason why they tied him up is uh, apparently because uh, he said something to the groom, which I think... Uh, or he made a decision as as part of the... Yeah, wasn't he the best man or something like that? He was yeah, the best he, man. He yeah. stitched up the groom with the fancy dress and the attire. So the groom went... I'm having revenge. And I think it's fair to say he had the last oh, laugh. Absolutely. Not, not one of the one of the better stories from that weekend. There's another one that involves Wells Graf. PC one. But we'll save oh, it for yeah. another, we'll save it for another episode. Well I, I wasn't there to really sort of tell it. So would you rather go ahead with that next I'll, time or? I'll, I'll, I'll save it for another time. Hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Andy, you were objected to Grant's gossip last time we, we had Grant's gossip. Well, I, I'm just trying to be a team player, you know. I, I wasn't... Now he's been a team player. So. Fair play. <laughs> Fair play. No, I, it's a, I was a good, a good addition to Stafford Stories this week well, after we... That, that we, was, we, uh, we diverted to Stafford Stats last week. So yeah, I think... Well, I think the, uh, the road's now open again, and we're, we're back on Stafford Story. So that was, quite, that was quite a good one, Andy. I like that one. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. No, th- thank you for sharing. You're very welcome. <laughs> so I think that brings us to the close of another podcast. Uh, if you've made it this far, well done, because I think we're over the two and a half hour mark. Um, can you remember when we said we were going to make this an early one? It's now quarter past one. Um, it's early so- for us. That's true. We just start earlier. Well, half an hour and a bit earlier. Yeah, but then we carried on for longer. <laughs> we didn't miss that. About that so. In fairness, we've given a good length this episode. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say then. Um, Dave, I'm going to throw this over to you. If you, if you want to get in touch, how, how, how would you do that over the social media platforms? There are two ways you can do that. If you're on Facebook, you can follow us on My Fancy and Bernie Podcast. Or if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at MFZ Podcast. You can send your questions, your reviews. You can ask us to slap Andy, and we will do the job lot. <laughs> I'll do it myself, so it saves you a job. Nah, you're all right. However, once you've listened to this, um, as we've mentioned already, myself, Gref, and Andy are down at the Olympic qualifiers for the whole of the duration. I know Joe's joining us on the Sunday. I didn't um, get an invite. You did get an invite, you just never looked at it. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, gonna have some, we're also going to get some good content for the future podcast. We've got a few interviews lined up uh, whilst we're down there. But if you if you see us, uh, you'll not be able to... It's mainly Gref, Andy and Dave. Um, if you, you know, if you, if you, you can't miss us, tall, routund, no teeth. Stafford. Runs, Stafford. <laughs> I can't, I can't abuse him. Sorry, Aww. mate. Um, come, on, come and say hello. Tell us what you think. Tell us how rubbish you think the podcast is and we'll say, yeah, you're probably right. But we're there <laughs> the weekend. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think to what we've been saying over the last 50-odd episodes. You have just said, tell us what you think any more times in a row then. Yeah, yeah come I, and tell I, us what you think. I, I you could know, maybe fit it in another so couple of times. Tell us what you think. I'm sure we could fit it in one more time. We can only hope. Hey, throwback to the last episode. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Right. Everybody, anything else to add, or we got to we got to bring episode fifty-seven to a close. Apologies to any vegans that were offended by Andy's earlier re- reference to vegan advertising. And, um, and anyone from Manchester. Well, that, should yeah. that should be Joe. Should be apologising. Yeah, but I apologised on Andy's behalf, so he apologised exactly. on mine. Okay, that's fine. It's kind of a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of scenario. Back scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, Andy, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> thank you very much, Joe. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Gref. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Gref, thank you very much. Good luck finding your teeth. I mean, we know it's not going to happen, but thank you anyway. Thanks to staff and thanks to Dave. See you in, well, see you tomorrow. Joe, see you the week after. And thank you to anyone that was listening. You just avoided me on Sunday. Yeah. Yes, I'll tell you. Charming. Charming. Take So ignoring Gref on that one. And Dave, thank you very much, sir. Cheers, Joe. Um, as always, the pleasure of mine. Cheers, Gref. Cheers, Andy. And anybody who's reached this point on the podcast, wow, you are the MVPs. But thank you for listening. Yeah. Echo what everybody else has said. Um, Sorry that we've gone on for quite such a long time. Um, quite expect this one time so much content, but uh, but yeah, thank you to everybody listening to another episode of My Fancies. I'm Boney. Cheers. <laughs>